What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Season Gaming BitCast episode 204. Man, it's already been a month since we did episode 200. That's wild. Uh, I am your host, Ainsley Bowden, joined as usual by this lovely group of panel. Lovely group of panel. Lovely group of gaming enthusiasts here. First, I have to mention the man, the myth, in the suit, our pastor this morning. Mr. Ty Guy Travis. Good morning, sir. <laughs> McClunky. McClunky. I come to you live from a uh, grimy hotel room. These <laughs> curtains have been up for who knows how long. How many people have defiled these curtains? We don't know, but that's why I it's would say, gr Grimy hotel room is not. Uh, that's just enough of a descriptor to really put some images in people's heads of what you're actually that's doing. That's the goal. Yeah, that's the goal. So, yeah, I'm out of town this weekend for the place. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm out of town this week for a wedding, and uh, my girl is here uh, four feet away sleeping. Somehow still not woken up by all the talking and light that I have set up here and stuff like that. So pretty funny. There you go. There you, you, do, go. you do. You do look directly lit. Man, you look yeah, better no, than I brought, in a hotel room. <laughs> I bought a I bought a twenty dollar ring light for a laptop just for this uh, portable wow. uh, presentation. Yeah, it's dedication, my friend. It, yeah. it I want to buy one of those. High production <laughs> values. Yeah. <laughs> As always, the host of virtual legality, Mister Hoke himself. Good morning, sir. Hey there. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. good. We got a lot of good PlayStation stuff to talk about today, so I'm excited. Business stuff. This is this Business is my stuff. episode here. Let's yeah. talk about business. Let's talk about financials. Check. All I do right. want to have. Oh, do you want to say one thing in celebration? Virtual legality did cross a hundred thousand subscribers this week, um, which is a uh, very exciting for us uh, at the channel. I say us like I'm separate people, but I always refer to the channel as separate, just so I think of it that way. Uh, but uh, it's uh, uh, it's very exciting, and you know that's what we're gonna do with the Bitcast and season gaming. <laughs> we shall see. But that is uh, no. It's a huge accomplishment. Okay, set of balloons here. My wife was so excited uh, in oh. my office. It's uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Uh, but I did want to say that because, well, I'm proud of it. <laughs> Absolutely, it's Absolutely should be. It's uh, it's amazing, man. It's not, that's not an easy thing to do in any sense of the word. Even. You know, we joked about uh, not joked, but we talked about striking while it's hot. And that's absolutely mm -hmm. true, of course. But it's even then it's not easy to do. So obviously your content has spoken for itself. And um, yeah, it's great, man. It's great. Yeah. Having fun. <laughs> and it's awesome that your wife is as supportive as she is, because as <laughs> any of us with families know, if that's not the case, it, it, wouldn't, I, it, it wouldn't even be remotely possible. The number of days <laughs> in a 12 hour stream in the last two months that my wife has essentially come in and put a Diet Coke and, you know, whatever next to me so that I don't die sitting here is uncountable. You cannot do it without some support. So, right. yeah, Mrs. Awesome. Hogue, thank you. <laughs> and last but not least, the man, the myth of seven, you know him with the Super Mario World shirt this morning. No, it's like Beautiful. A, uh, it's a Super Daddy-o. Super daddy -o. Beautiful. What? What's wrong with that? I mean, that, yeah. that's okay. I mean, that's a little self kind of congratulatory. No, I guess. It's for the wounded warriors. It's a, it's a special <laughs> charity shirt that my wife got. I take back so. my statement then. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, it, you know, it was really cool because it was like, you know, kind of mixed both worlds. There. That is cool. That is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, the lawyer in me has so many questions about trademark and trade dress, but I'm going to just leave them aside. Yeah. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> that's cool though uh, i was just talking to someone about super mario world that's why it was on my head because we were talking about how that is an all-time great 
and uh, it is the best is. Mario game. I'm just gonna say that and move on. So there's no discussion. Mm, best. It's up there. How about that? <laughs> Fair enough. If we can get agreement that it's up there on this show without further debate, then I think we're doing well. Um, so today, good morning, Chad. Good morning, everyone. We are um, we're going to be talking a lot about PlayStation today. So we got a PlayStation business report this week from Jim Ryan himself, uh, which gave a lot of detail into where play well how PlayStation is operating, how they're performing, which is always cool to see, uh, but also where their mindset is for the future, which is uh, very interesting. And I, I want to discuss that. We also got the announcement of their next state of play, which is actually going to be this week as we're recording. Um, <clears throat> new TV shows from PlayStation. So it was a big week for PlayStation. So uh, a lot of commentary we're going to do there and some kind of not a deep dive, but going to dive into some of the um, the details of their financial stuff. We're also going to talk about uh, what's currently released or what released this week. Excuse me. We got the teaser for Jedi Survivor, which I know you guys are pumped about. And we got a weird presentation that seemed to allude to the fact that we may get a PS5 Pro and Xbox Series X refresh here in the next couple of years, which was very odd. So we'll just touch on that. Um, but anyway, before we do that, a um, <clears throat> couple of things I want to mention is that we did get a few requests last week for timestamps, which is something I did a while ago, kind of stopped doing. Um, but just letting everyone know who's listening, who asked for timestamps, they're up for last week, and I will do that going forward. So thank you for that. And then a couple comments that we got. So first comment was from Tom909, and he said he really enjoys the show, guys. He said, enjoy some neutral, mature, yet funny gaming, gaming coverage for us older gamers. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I always feel mature. I like how when I said mature, you all laughed. Well, <laughs> I, know what, I know what they mean, of course, but I would not... <laughs> generally classify all of our conversations as strictly mature fair yeah. <laughs> i wonder why i wonder who on this panel is causing all that <laughs> uh but appreciate that tom thanks for tuning in and worth it says uh one thing he mentioned um we were talking about international spy games last week and uh rick you made the comment about they've kind of gone away right like it seems like it should be a, yeah it should be a bigger market one thing one game he mentioned that i think we all forgot that's coming and we hope is in this vein is perfect dark so hopefully Microsoft can kind of hit on that vibe a bit with that game. I guess we'll see is what he was saying. I wouldn't describe Perfect Dark as forgotten by me as so much as if you cross some kind of dateline threshold, you no longer get discussed in, in my head or coming from me as pending. We have, we have to get closer to something in order for me to think of you as like, I don't think Elder Scrolls 6 is coming until we're you know way closer. I could be dead. Uh, so, you know, we have to we have to keep our beliefs in line here. So Perfect Dark maybe comes someday. Crystal Dynamics might be pulled from the project because they're being purchased. Who has any idea what's happening with that thing? Very true. Yeah. Very a weird true. one. Definitely a weird one. Yeah. So we'll see. All right. We got a few super chats. We'll get to out of the gate. Tao coming out of the gate firing. He told me he had uh, some comments this week. He's so. ready. Yeah, he is ready. So Tao. Man, right off the bat. Two of them right back to back. Sup, bit. <laughs> Sup chat. What's up, big casters? Okay, Travis, what's the story behind this fear of sack boy? What? Just when I thought Travis uh, <laughs> would be more absurd, he says, hold my beer. Yeah, I was... Uh, Can we take a step back? Travis. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, so I happen to mention that uh, PlayStation, I reviewed it. It's an absolutely incredible platforming game. So I just tweeted out saying, if you haven't played this and you want a platformer, especially if you have kids, check this game out. But it's, it's an great. amazing game. 
Travis happened to jump in, of course, and as Travis does, mentioned that he believes that Sackboy is one of the scariest characters in all of gaming and that he may be the actual devil. Um, Sackboy. So, <laughs> Sackboy. We're all very confused, and we're going to allow Travis to elaborate at this point in time, I think. Travis, expound. <laughs> Sackboy has always been a weird character. I think we can all agree that. It's weird. It's a weird concept. Like, th- think about it, think about it this way. If you were going to make, like, a, a sandbox platform where you can build your own thing, and you were like, well, I want it to appeal to kids, I feel like the last thing you would think of is, oh, I'll make it an animate sack. And so as soon as Sackboy was announced... <laughs> I was just like, I am. I don't understand. I don't understand this aesthetic at all. I, I I'm very confused by it. You know, I just I didn't really get it right. And I, there's a lot of like, I'm not making it up that like sacks are kind of like a weird thing to to be a human. Like you know, like evil scarecrows are are typically like they have that same like texture. There's like the the boogeyman from. Uh, from Nightmare Before Christmas, and he's like filled with Boogie bugs and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was like, I, I don't like what is in the sack. Like, what is he built to contain? And I had this really, really visceral. What is he built to contain? <laughs> Seriously, I want to know. And I question about maturity. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah. Okay. I, I had a, I had a very visceral dream where he was filled with people that were trying to get out of the sack, and. It was one of those dreams where I woke up like covered in sweat, like like instantly, like oh my god, that was horrible. And uh, I've always just thought he's a a monstrous character ever since. I don't understand how he has a cute appeal. People tell me he's cute, and I'm like, I, I think he's horrifying personally. And uh, it has been it has put a damper on some of his games. I mean, it's not like I refuse to play them. I just as I play them, I'm like, this is freaky. This guy scares the crap out of me, and I I just. Uh, I can't. I can't get past that mental block. Sackboy is a horrifying creature, and to me, he's the digital embodiment of evil. So, um, a lot of it has to do with that that very vivid dream I had, where he was filled with people. But um, I'm yeah, trying to describe whether that's a bit or not. Is that a legitimate dream? That's a legit dream. I had it okay. when I was in college. Yeah, it was. Right. It was uh, like a, a bizarre thing. But yeah, uh, I I don't know what is up with Sackboy or how people could find him cute. But yeah, I, I'm just like, dude, what is this? This. <laughs> Like every other platformer character is like is like the cutest thing that they could think of, except for Mario, who's just an Italian guy. But still, like I, I, I just a sack. He made him a, an animate sack creature. I'm I'm very confused. I, I don't understand this animate. I mean, like if we ever wanted to start like a ska band, that is going to be it. Animate sack. Animate sack. Animate sack. I mean, I mean Rayman doesn't even have joints. Like. No. There, there has to be plenty of examples of platformers where they're they're strange in some way. I, uh, Which one did you mention? I said Rayman. He doesn't even have like he's not even connected. Yeah, but he's like absurdly cartoonish and like yeah, you're right that there are examples like Meat Boy, but Meat Boy is supposed to be like weird, right? Like, and that's sort of the bit is that that whole entry, that whole franchise is just like silly. But like, I mean, Sackboy you... is supposed to be cute and adorable, and they chose as their mascot a animate bag person i'm just very confused by that okay i I don't know that i can improve on this discourse at all Um, there's also a voodoo element to it he kind of looks like a voodoo doll to me i don't know man mascot platformers voodoo vince of course um yeah also creepy well um i mean i think travis you understand of course that he was designed to be somewhat blank so that you could you could do costumes and things with him all throughout. Like you're not generally looking at a naked sack boy. 
right? We understand yeah, he, this. He, he was all, a my, all my throw. memories are all my memories are him as a naked sack, but I okay. understand you can decorate him. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the context of Little Big Planet, it was designed to have the same kind of concept as as building the levels themselves. Yeah, it was a create your own character type thing. Yeah, yeah. 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 I played the games, guys. I okay. just all right, all right, all right. No, no, you're just you're just horrified of a tiny little boy. You assume to be small. We we don't know. There could be a whole bunch of people in there. Well, well, literally all the level designs are on the premise that like you're, you're going through like milk carton walls and things like yeah, that. Yeah. He's a smallish person. Uh, but honestly, Big Adventure, getting back to games, yes, uh, yes is fantastic. Please. There are a number of levels they do that are synchronized to pop music. Some of are, the best platforming levels ever made. They're crazy. Really, they're incredible. Um, so it is cool. Uh, however, of course, the disclaimer, the more, you know, type style, if you do fear sack boy, sack people, or just animate sacks, of course, don't play this game. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I mean, somebody in the comments said that they find Teletubby scary. Like I get that. Like sometimes the, the childish things when they go for it, they, there's like that fine line where like. A, a children's thing could easily become a scary thing like you know chucky the doll or whatever and i, I just sure. feel like sack boy's on that line for me like he's just i can tell you my daughters love sack boy now now i go. want a sack boy horror game now i'm now I'm that would be that would be that would fit right in i, I can what? i feel like i've and, seen him with a knife like in my brain i've seen him holding a knife i don't know uh i think he does i think he does have a knife i mean i think yeah. he's part of the costumes i think you can give him a knife you can give them all kinds of stuff. Yeah. There you go. Sack boy with a knife. My dreams will forever. A little be solid snake. Yeah. 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 No doubt. Tal's got a, a follow up super chat. <clears throat> now, the question what absurd fear of something not scary that haunts you like Sack Boy haunts Travis from the depths of his gaming collection? Congrats on the 100K Hogue. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tal. What scares me that doesn't make any sense? I don't think I can come up with anything as silly as Travis's fear of Sackboy. Um, I don't know. Okay. There was a long time where I just really hated uh, bottomless pits in games, like just the concept <laughs> of falling down a pit forever. <laughs> I mean, like, how does how does the, how does the Mushroom Kingdom actually work? Right? Oh, like, I love that like, one. What so is much. that existentially? that you fall down and, and are never seen again. I mean, I, I think I did. I have had that thought before, so I'll, I'll go with that. I love that one. Have, do you, uh, do you uh, avoid the game pitfall? Is that like a scary game? <laughs> the funny thing is I'd played pitfall before, but no, mostly pitfall makes you afraid that crocodiles are in every body of water near you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Joe of a trophy rope says Mario is an interdimensional being of which a thirst of blood and he stops on people until they implode. He's a monster. Uh, and by the way, Captain Crunch brings up Qbert, who, yeah, is a very strange thing. Qbert's <laughs> adorable. <laughs> oh, the the octopus boy with the mouth. I like he's that. A, he's a sphere. Octopus boy. He's no, a sphere he's with, a, with like an he's animal. He's got the snout. The snout. Yeah, he's got right? the snout, but he's got two yeah. feet. He's, he's normal. He's a circle. He looks like an octopus to me. I don't know. Have you ever seen an octopus before, Travis? <laughs> <laughs> All right, he looks like so. some sort of aquatic animal. He looks like an uh, aquatic animal to me. <laughs> All right, we are we are way off here. Look what you've done, Tal. I like it. Oh we should God. we should call the front end something like goofing yeah. around and warming up. Yeah, pretty. I much. love these yeah. conversations like with it. Travis. And Tal uh, ends with another super chat. Oh my God! I'm sorry I asked. I'm sorry, everyone. 
Oh, well, I don't think anyone will understand Travis's mind. I just like those super chats as a three-act play. Tal, yeah. well, well, well positioned. Well done, Tal. Thank you very much for the generosity, my friend. Oh, my goodness. All right, we've also got Gio Rio in the house. Yeah, man, with the, the 10 euros. Enjoy the yes. 3D audio vid. Uh, Atmos systems still have uh, crossing sound waves for our uh, binaural hearing. Headsets can put the exact audio object in pinpoint uh, precision ever tried headset plus subwoofer to feel yeah so uh for anyone he he is uh referring to so uh geo is a patron a season gaming patron and we uh we have a series called for the record where me and carl who is our technical lead at season gaming talk about technical things this episode our most recent episode which went live this week it's a week-long exclusive for patrons is uh, about 3d audio and how the playstation 5 and xbox series x support different 3d audio formats and and how they distinguish each other um so that's what he's referring to here so thank you for that very much uh geo uh yes is the answer to your last question there and uh funny enough i don't know if matt burns is in the chat he usually is but matt is one of the most uh, knowledgeable audio files you will ever meet. He's on Twitter. He talks about audio all the time. I've had long discussions with him. If you ever want to talk about audio, find Matt Burns. Uh, he's he fantastic. Yeah, he. I mean, it's he knows more than anyone I've honestly ever met. It's yeah. it's unbelievable. So, but thank you very much for that. Uh, glad you enjoyed it, and uh, look forward to uh, everyone checking that out next week when it goes uh, public. <clears throat> or you can just become a patron. You could do that too. Yeah, that's my best. Hogan impersonation. That's about the best promotion I can I can do. That's about. I thought it was great. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. All right. So now that we're 18 minutes in and warmed up, what uh what happens? Schedule that time in, Ains. When you when we're doing yeah, we a little go. roadmap, that's how we always start. Yeah. <laughs> Start with some fun conversation. Um, <clears throat> so, guys, currently playing. What uh, what kind of went on this week? Anything new? I know that uh, Sniper Elite 5 released in Game Pass and released in general, obviously. Um, I know people were enjoying that game quite a bit from what I've seen. Um, what you guys been playing? I am playing a kangaroo with boxing gloves. Ah, cow. How is Beautiful. I've heard it's good. It's KO, as it turns out, as red. Oh, really? Uh, as a, oh, as a, uh, as a reference to the boxing gloves, I believe. Makes sense. Um, yes, that's, that's uh, but it's good. It's good. I, it's it's a little clunky. It doesn't seem like like a full on like uh, uh, development team necessarily. But not while you're playing the game. The clunkiness is actually like the cutscenes aren't like cutscenes. The transitions aren't great. That kind of thing. In the actual game, um, it's really good. It, it's it's an ode to uh, old school games uh, like uh, I don't know Banjo Kazooie or something like that. Um, and it's not hard. Uh, but sometimes you just want to explore a fun 3D world. So I've actually been really enjoying it. It's colorful. Uh, it's nice. But you do have to understand it's, you know, it's not uh, super polished on, on either end. Okay. All right. Yeah, I was going to check it out. I actually got the, the, this is one of those instances, Travis, where I got the press release for KO, I guess it's called. And mm -hmm. they put in there a specific line in bold that says, we have very, very few copies to share, you know, from a PR perspective. And I'm thinking, AKA, go away. Ains. Pretty much go away. Anyone who's not IGN or, you know, the big names, but which is very odd. I always find that very odd because this is a game that very few people know about. It would seem like you want to get the word out. It costs you next to nothing to do that. 
Yeah, to put a code out. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm reading that uh, right now. As it as it turns out, getting codes is really complicated for publishers because first they <laughs> have to negotiate with the developers, and the developers have to negotiate with whatever platforms and arrange to get certain codes and that yes. sort of thing. And yeah, I'd, like I've heard, actually, my girlfriend would be a great. Yeah, I was going to say you know, she works yeah. in PR. Yeah, so um, yeah, but apparently it it is a hard thing to do for certain games, especially smaller. Uh, developers and smaller publishers so yeah I, I don't claim to know that well super well but um yeah apparently it's not as easy as as it sounds some of the time that's usually the case of most things right so yeah yeah um but anyway that's cool i need to uh, i need to check it out obviously i love platforming games i, I like it i haven't uh i've heard good things yeah i'm t- it's too early on but it's like it's got the right elements um so i like it i have i have not played a lot of games the only leisure time i've really spent this week is stranger things uh, Ooh, nice. We're gonna touch on it. We are gonna. Okay. Touch All right, I'll be ready. Yep. Damn. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, Travis. Actually, I, I broke out of my my shell. Nice. And I bought Lego Star Wars. Mostly on your nice. It's a terrible decision. Terrible. Oh. It's still it's still a Lego game. It's still the same thing. It is like, not remotely the so same thing, Dan. What are you talking do? about? You can do. So it's a much whole different stuff, engine. There's no point. Here's the problem I have with that my game. Popcorn. God. Okay, it, it's it's. I love Star Wars. I love okay. the concept. I hate Lego, but I thought maybe my love for Star Wars would overcome my hatred for the Lego. Uh, it has not. Also, you really have to play through every level. So it, it's one of those games where you you play through and then you go back and you can get all this extra stuff and level mm-hmm. up your guy with these stupid bricks and whatever, 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 whatever. The 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 rebel. The you know what I'm talking about. Anyway. So basically, I'm playing through a shortened version of you know some of my favorite movies of all time with added humor that is sometimes okay, sometimes not so much. And then you expect me to go through it all, unlock free play, then go back and just do puzzles? Absolutely not. Terrible, Dan, terrible. don't don't, don't you leisure, play yeah, yeah, don't you play right, a game I, that's but, all about you going back to the old levels and doing it yeah, over and over again? Hitman Three, so, isn't that? Yeah. But that's I can do multiple different things. It's a whole different game. It's good. Okay. Anyway, so I played some of that. I'm still going to finish it. I'm still going to play through it. I'm still going to do all that stuff. It's fine. I also bought Ghostwire Tokyo. Oh, I, don't, I love Ghostwire Tokyo. I don't know why. Because why did you buy that? Right. Because it was on sale. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm trying that out. And actually, so far, it's, it hasn't been bad. Like, cause I, you know, I'm not a big scary guy, you know. Uh, I, I, You're not I even a small scary guy. No, I really yeah. don't. But it's really not. It's more suspenseful, I guess. I, like I don't really react well to jump scares, and I haven't hit any of that kind of stuff yet. So there's like, one in like the, the, the weird Slenderman and stuff. They don't bother me. Okay, you're not right. afraid of Sackboy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, so I so love far, it's all right. It's yeah, I really want to play those. Not only um, that, Ghostwire Tokyo got patched with some really nice graphics options. Um, a, that there I, are I really so many. Yeah, well, so you can always tell when it get, when a game gets a patch like that, right? Because now there's like seven. There's too many. Like, yes. It's like I don't. Yeah, even, I have no idea what they are. What you want is uh, what, what do you want? You want like the like one that HDR says VR performance. Yeah, it's you want the VRR high quality, is what you want. Because um, that's the If you have VRR, he's right. Yes. If well, you don't have VRR, just play it in performance mode. That's what I've been playing. Right. 
So we're uh, we're figuring out fears here. We've got me with Sackboy, Ho with Pitts, which I, I is just maybe put, my favorite I thing I just ever. put in the chat, I said we're 20 minutes in, and we've determined that Travis thinks Sackboy is pure evil and Dan hates Lego, and I don't really yeah, know where I, to go I, from here at this I, point. I think, I think, I think uh, Lego, Lego is Dan's, uh, Dan's fear. I think he, he stepped on a Lego that forced Dan him to re- into retirements. Uh, it was so, so painful that he, he had the... By the way, uh, Mrs. Hoaglaw has even commented on this, saying, I think we need to deal with an underlying problem here is what is a dislike of Lego? He has kids. That's what it is. That's part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I've stepped on enough. It's it's mostly the games because it's just I've never really played one that was a whole lot different than the other one. You know, it's like Harry Potter is pretty much the same as, as, you know, they're all pretty much the same thing. I thought this one would be a little bit different, and maybe it is. But it's you know it is what it is. I mean, it, it I mean, plays similarly, but it, it's it's it is a much better experience in my opinion. It's kind of more open. There's more you can do. There, it's near endless. With the the kind of lack of sprint is stupid. Like you can you sprint, but you have running. to you have no you have to continue to run, and then eventually you start running fast. That's well, what that's what like happens. There's no button. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Like I I'm like I'm like sitting here. I'm like okay, I'm walking. I'm you're really painting really a word picture like point. you're slogging through Lego, and then finally oh. he turns up the speed. It's like a second. Oh, yeah, it is no, like a second. Good. It's too. It's too much. Like I want instant <laughs> gratification. Also been playing wow. Sniper Elite. A second 5. does not qualify as instant to Dan. <laughs> no. You've been playing what? What was the last one? Sniper Elite Five. Okay. How do you like it? How far are you? It's 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 uh I'm like three levels in. It's 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 Sniper Elite Four, essentially. Uh, it's basically the but. same thing. This is the uh, first one not. I've ever played, so. Right. I think I think people are, are really hyping this game up when I really think that not a lot of people have played 4 because it's really, really similar. Like, no. really, really oh, similar. Travis has it. Travis has and it. I love 4. Don't get me wrong. I loved it. I mean, I've probably, I probably close to 100, 100 hours into that game. But wow. I was really kind of expecting more change. And it's really not that much different. It's still cool. Still fun, still fun to shoot people in different places and watch their, you know, balls explode. That's it's a little gratuitous, too. Yeah, it has always been. Gratuitous. Yeah, but it's always right. been like that, right? But it, it seems like that's even, even, even that weird mode that they have. It's just, it's like I haven't really come across any of the, uh, anything different enough from four, I guess, to make me go, yeah, this was worth, you know, the money I invested in it, I guess. Hmm. So okay, it is what it is. But it's still fun. It's still really good. I still enjoy my time with it. Yeah, at least you know. you're playing something new this week. Yeah, yeah, it's something new. Even though you sound yeah. generally indifferent to all of it, <laughs> right. he's, he's yeah. upset about everything new he's playing. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, Ghostwire Tokyo, I guess, is you know, it's just it's that's the game. I, I haven't really put as much time into that one as the other ones, so I'm still relatively early. It's interesting. It's very. Japanese. It's definitely different. It's Japanese yeah. horror, and it's got a oh lot of gosh. the Japanese horror themes in the missions. Even like as yeah, you like go, everybody's got like big smiles and lots of teeth. So much good lore. Their lore book yeah, in lots of lore. Tokyo is awesome. Yeah, it is very cool. Yeah, I need to get back fun. to it. Actually, I have about I have maybe ten hours into it or so, and I need to get back to it. Well, if you do have VRR and you haven't seen it since they put on the high quality VRR, it is very cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, all right, check it out. So, Travis, right. last week you said you were playing a few things that were embargoed at the time and to revisit yes. that conversation this week. So why don't you yes. preach to us, Pastor? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so um, <laughs> as it turns out, one of the embargoes is still or two of the embargoes are still not up. But the one that uh, came out was uh, Knockout City, 
which I was playing a couple weeks ago and is now out fully. They actually didn't tell me that. So I was doing a preview, and then the day the preview came out, the game also came out. Wait, so that's like, the right. dodgeball game? Yeah. Uh, sorry, not Knockout City. Yeah, uh, I was like, what? Roller, roller champions. champions. Okay, roller champions. champions. Thank you. Sorry, I, I keep getting this confused. Look, brain. the way that you do live service games, it could have been in beta this whole time, and I didn't notice. So yeah, I thought it was so, out. I thought it's been out for like two years. No, it's been no, in, it's, it was it's in, been in a closed state for a beta, I think, for years. for a long time. I play tested yeah. it like middle of last year. Okay. Um, I, I I played but, it yeah. during the reveal event at E3 in 2019. So yeah, it's right, been around like, for a while. It's been a Talk while. Talk to me about so. James Con on rollerblades. Let's do it. Yeah. So <laughs> it, I mean, it's a pretty good game. I you know you can read my preview, but I I. Uh, it, it's it's basically um, it's a good solid start, and if they can support it with live service and and actually do a good job at the live service part of it, I think it'll it has a chance of being like another Rocket League, right? Like it's a very simple concept, but it's a lot of fun, and it requires you to use teamwork. But um, you know, we'll, we'll see if Ubisoft is able to um, support it enough. And just just based on the fact that the last time I saw it was 2019, and it seems to have changed very little, I'm sort of like. Uh, what what is what's the support plan for this game? But yeah, we'll we'll see uh, what's up with that. Um, aside hey, uh, from that, um, so let, go ahead. Real quick, I, I I played that this week too. I actually forgot, so I'm glad nice. you brought it up. And I, I completely agree Good with time. you. It's 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 set up well, but they obviously have to evolve it. It's almost unc- I play a lot of Rocket League uh, with a few of the guys who are probably in the chat right now. We play quite a bit, and it's set up eerily similar to Rocket League. Yep. Like you can tell that's their model for what yeah. they're trying to do. But Rocket League has been extremely successful in keeping it fresh over the years um, with constant battle pa- season passes and updates and licensed cars and arenas and, and championships and pro league and all this stuff. And yeah, roller Ubisoft's got some work to do if they want roller champions to get there, but it has the potential. Yeah. So my preview sort of came into a pr- preview slash review. It wasn't a full review, but I called it a first impressions piece because the game ended up coming out. And so yeah. I was a little harder on it than I normally am in previews because it was, it ended up being kind of a final product. Um, but yeah, uh, I did that. I'm also playing a ton of games. Uh, Destiny's new season uh, came out on Tuesday. Uh, that was a season of the haunted, which I've talked about extensively on uh our destiny show the last word, but um, not my favorite season uh, so far. We'll see if it gets any better. Um, I played uh, Sniper Elite Five, which I totally disagree is like Sniper Elite Four. Um, I, 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 all that said, I haven't, I haven't played the campaign, but I assume the campaign is the same as three and four. But the big thing that they added this time is they made their modes a little bit better. And one of the modes that they added, which is the only one I've played so far, is that you can invade other people's games yeah. as a Nazi sniper, uh, which I was just doing all last night and just having a blast, just uh, ruining other people's games by, by sniping them in the head, um, which is fantastic. Um, and uh, yeah, aside from that, uh, I had a few other games that I've played this week that I that none of us have talked about. Oh, yeah. Um, Evil Dead, I'm actually still playing a little bit of. I created a uh, 13 tips guide for IGN, so I was doing nice. a little bit of more gameplay for that. So if you are at all interested in like Dead by Daylight games, thinking about getting to Evil Dead, please watch that video. It'll give you um, kind of some pro- Yeah, yeah, for sure. It would, but if you watch that video, it'll give you some pro tips on that. Um, and some other stuff I'm almost certainly forgetting. I've, I've actually played quite a few games this week. Um, I did not, a DE made a comment asking me if I played the dungeon in um, Destiny. I actually haven't because it came out on Friday when I was on a plane uh, headed to 
uh, the wedding, the wedding that I'm at now, which is why I'm in a hotel. So I haven't had a chance to do it, but it's on my list as soon as I get back to my beloved San Francisco. So yeah, gotcha. it's been a great week for games. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I don't have anything to add. I did play a little roller champions um, and uh, rocket league and halo. So uh, pretty much the usual for me. I also played some halo land grabs. Cool. Yeah. I'm really land grab is good. Yeah. Uh, they have the, the new fracture event right now um, where you can earn kind of the new armor for free and all that. And uh, yeah. So I've been playing quite a bit of that, of course, but that's, that's every week for me. So, all right, let's get these super chats before we're going to, I quickly, before we get into our main topic of the PlayStation stuff, I want to talk about Kenobi and Stranger Things, but let's get these super nice. chats first. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you're on mute, man. <laughs> I just read that whole thing. So we're just going to go to the next one. No, I'm just joking. Diesel <laughs> Games with the $5 super chat. I'm going to go slower this time. Remember Witcher 4's concept. Well, here's a joke, I promise. Uh, your new game's title, The Witcher 4, Link's Awakening. Nice. Work for trademark infringement. What do you so, mean? Does it actually infringe? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, thank you for the super chat, Easel. Easel joined our season gaming That's Discord fantastic. this week, and he uh, came in and he said he's been watching, and he had a joke for me for this show that he was saving to super chat. I love and it. There it is. It's a Lovely. great joke, but That's yeah, no, you're joke, not, yeah. not going to run out with that one. <laughs> uh, trademark infringement incorporates sound, not just spelling. I, I learned something today. I did not know there that. All right. Thank you. So appreciate that, man. <clears throat> All right. From Linus, is that Scone? Sean. 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 All right. Well, I tried. Hello, you <laughs> lovely beings. Hope you're doing well. <laughs> Hope you're doing well, Linus. Yeah. Linus. Yeah, thanks, Linus. Linus. We determined last time that this was uh, Swedish, right, Corona? That's right. I think yeah. he explained to us that there are three different types, and yes. So thank you very much, Linus. I really appreciate you. And Perfect. a bomber in the house as well. Bomber with the $2 Super Chat. Hey, 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 Rocket League is a great game. <laughs> I, have, I think you have to do that. Hey, 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 as a full fat Albert, Dan. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. That's pretty good. All right. Rocket this is the content game. I can bring to you. Yeah, that's pretty good, guys. <laughs> good. Um, thank you, Bomber. Yes, a long-running inside joke with our crew is just saying that Rocket League is a great game, as we are usually losing in some form. So Now, I don't want to give away too much from the Stanley Parable, but Rocket League does make an appearance. I'll leave you with that. Ah, by the way, uh, Peter from Season Gaming did buy that game this week. I did not yet. I will. Um, but based on your con our conversation last week that you recommended, Hope. so <clears throat> It's one of my game of the year list, guaranteed. Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, guaranteed presence on the game of the year list. Mm -hmm. There you go. All right, guys, before we get into the main topic, I figured just because it's part of kind of popular culture right now is a huge week for entertainment in that we got a new Star Wars show and we got new Stranger Things returning. Now, as I put... Mine. Yeah. As I, yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's a lot more coming in the coming <laughs> weeks. But as I will put in the notes here briefly for the Star Wars fans here, um, Kenobi. So I watched the first episode. I am not a huge Star Wars fan. I watched it just to see what it was like. I was fine with it, indifferent to it. It's it's fine. But I want to hear what the Star Wars fans think of this. I mean, ahead, I'll just go real fast here. Just do it. Uh, just go. I, I, I don't. I love you, you McGregor. And yes, Kenobi. I, I think he's yeah, makes an excellent point. I think uh, the third sister is so bad, 
so bad because there were Dan, the keep hitting sister. these excellent points, buddy. Keep going. <laughs> the Seven Sister was so much better done in the video game, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, if you don't know. Uh, and and after that, just, just from that point on, uh, there's so many like continuity issues that I have and oh. questions that I have. Um, like I was, I was, I was, oh, I was no happy spoilers, to see a couple things. Right. Yeah. Right. I was happy. Oh, to yeah, see don't, this is a spoiler conversation. Right. No, no, no. We uh, all know Obi-Wan dies in this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Eventually. Yeah. It, it's really, yeah, it's not, it's not great. I mean, I was expecting way, way up here and, and, you know, again, uh, I will wait to give the whole series the judgment at the end, but nevertheless, it's not starting off great. I'm a little bit disappointed. God, um, I'm massively, massively disappointed. I figured that the resources that uh, Disney could level at any one thing that they were thinking of making would be leveled at Ewan McGregor returning as a major, major, major Star Wars character. This isn't Book of Boba Fett, right? Boba Fett's kind of popular because he has a jetpack and rode a cartoon dinosaur that one time. Obi-Wan is completely different. And I think I put out a tweet that said, you know that part of Galaxy Quest where Tim Allen describes being a space captain in front of cardboard walls in a garage? Ewan McGregor does, because that's what Obi-Wan Kenobi is. It is Ewan McGregor kicking ass like he always does in front of complete garbage. That's my brief thoughts on Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi. Yep. Okay. My brief thoughts are that um, Kenobi is a pretty good show so far. Um if you if you are joyless, you probably won't like it. That is totally within your uh, within your purview. Um, but yeah, I, I I mean, if it's 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 a it's really good for people who've watched the Clone Wars show. They clearly draw a lot from it. Uh, Ewan McGregor does a great job. Um, the uh, the Inquisitors and their sort of uh, please lore talk to there me about is, the Inquisitors, Travis. It's it's going to be pretty interesting because something happens in uh, the second episode that is gives a lot of questions to people who've seen Star Wars Rebels, um, which is pretty interesting. Uh, I really like the Leia character, which I don't know if that's a spoiler, but the the child Leia I I, I quite enjoy. <laughs> Dan, um, Dan uh, kind of alluded to continuity errors, and I think what he's talking about is the strange editing at times. And I actually do agree with that. There's some the chase scene uh, in the first episode is a little odd, and there's some other parts where I'm like, all right, that that could have been done a little better. But uh, all in all, I think um, you know, there I am personally not a fan of them going back to old characters in Star Wars and telling new stories and stuff like that. I just think that they should just ditch all that and do some new stuff. But um, if you're going to tell a, a new story, I think that this one has a lot of heart and it's uh, going back to uh, the ending of episode three and, and talking about that relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin and uh, somebody who uh, cares a lot about that. I'm, I'm interested to see where it goes. And I think it's off to a good start. I, I, I would say it's the best live action um, Star Wars show that, that they've done so far. Um, but it's also not a hugely competitive landscape right now. It's basically just Mando and, uh, and book of, uh, Boba Fett, which I didn't, I didn't enjoy all that much. So anyway, I think, I think it's better than these guys are giving it credit for. So that's my, that's me, but I also just, okay. you know, have to my heart. And like Star Wars. That is, that is mixed. Some people saying it's great. Sure. Saying it's bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing lots of people say it's great. So the production values are terrible. 
The plot line is lifeless. If you enjoy scenes of walking on a camel in the desert, this movie's for you. Uh, otherwise, avoid at all costs because we've got better. Literally, stuff to talk use the about. same scene three times. Five. The there are five scenes. scenes of him walking on a camel. Okay, but we've got better things to talk about, Ainge, don't we? Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. have press garbage. Guys. The frame is out of focus. Often, the Inquisitors look like they're wearing foam. I mean, come on. I will say this: that that design it's look made, that design made Halo look good. Halo, this is a <laughs> no, Halo show. No, folks. don't go there, Travis. The Inquisitor no. armor looked like it was a kid's set from there a dollar store. There are creases in the armor. Star Wars has some <laughs> campiness to it. That's always been a part of Star Wars for sure. True, but I, true. Yeah, it, that's sort that's sort of part of their style. I get that, but. I, I think yeah I, I, some people have a problem with cheap. All right. I didn't you I didn't what? say the show was as bad as Halo. I said that that the the prop armor looked terrible. That's all I said. I don't know if it's as bad as Halo, but I'll I, I will give you that some people have problems with that appearance, and I I'm okay with people who think that. Um, I I am used to a, a certain amount of campiness at least in the appearance of characters in Star Wars because it's always yeah. been a thing. I also okay. think uh, the the one of the Inquisitors is played by the guy who plays Han in Fast and Furious. So, yeah, oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! That probably explains on. some of the crappiness right there. No, no, no. He's the best part. You guys, are you crazy. actually okay? So, do you actually like the third the third sister? And is there not I, a I'm better than I'm, average chance that they're just going to straight up rip off Fallen Order? I'm interested in her arc because she seems obviously like she's gone full dark side which inquisitors are supposed to be kind of like gray but they're evil but they keep their they keep their evil in check so that they can do the job and she's just going full off the mark you're right there's a chance that they'll go full fallen order or they'll it's set go up full, for a full uh, fallen order right now what was it battlefront 2 where the, you play as the evil and then immediately she becomes yeah. good or whatever yeah exact same thing um there's a there's a chance that that'll happen and if that happens i'll sort of roll my eyes but right now at least it's like a you know, she's a a monster that's no longer on the leash, and I want to see where that goes. So, do you I'm think interested. her performance is yeah. good in this? Um, I don't remember having a problem with her. I don't remember really? jumping out and being like, "Oh, how dare she!" You know, I you just was like, "Okay, yeah, she's, I, she's yeah. trying so darn tough to to to, to look tough, uh, and it comes across as so fake every single time." Okay. Really? <laughs> All right, man. I mean, no, hey, hey, keep keep not enjoying things, Hope. That's, that's well, on that note, Ainge, shall we talk about something else? Yes, yes. Although I there was one comment which I don't know what he's referring to. I'm sure you guys do, but JP, uh, good morning, man. He uh always gives us great comments. He says, Anyone pick up the Duchess Satine? Oh, yes, yes, indeed. If you've watched the Clone is, Wars, but... so S- Duchess Satine was a um a governor of a, of the Mandalorian planet in the Clone Wars. And she has a romance with Obi-Wan Kenobi that doesn't go anywhere. But Obi-Wan says that if she would have asked him to leave the Jedi Order for her, he would have done it. Um, but he doesn't do it. And so you kind of part of, you know, the oh, they're just showing him on a camel. You know, it's it's him being sort of depressed at the life he's chosen and kind of they're, they're trying to sell him as like a, as as a very uh, down in the dumps type guy. And I uh, wouldn't any normal some, person know that, though. Well, that's right? the thing. Like, it's I mean, not. It's not made for normal people. If you just watched Kenobi out of nowhere, you'd be like, "What is? Who is Kenobi?" You know, you'd have no context for anything. So you sort of have to have seen some Star Wars. Now, I do agree that there's a certain amount of asking too much from your audience. You have to watch Clone Wars, and you also have to watch Rebels to know what the Inquisitors are. I get that, but that's sort of a problem with all of Star Wars. It's a problem with Jedi Fallen Order. So I, 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 uh, you know, that that's a problem you're always going to have to deal with in, in this franchise. 
Travis, I just think you're a Star Wars apologist, but someday they're going to break you too. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I I have plenty of Star Wars I don't like. Uh, I just think that people who don't like things like the brilliance of The Last Jedi are uh, are, are just, you know, they're, they're stuck in the mud. We're not going there. I said breathe. Stuck in the mud. Yeah, we're not right, doing right, that. Fine. We're not doing that. The Hogan and I uh, still have to do our, our long. Yeah, yeah, we're not video. doing that. Uh, there we're, are a bunch of comments for you guys, by the way, on on this, which yeah, I, I, I see don't him. know. I see them. But the problem is, 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 is you, you you release that show. Hold on, because I'm gonna I'm gonna move us on, and then this other show kind of releases on Netflix. Yeah, like, this other, don't you, watch you, them in close proximity. Like what? Don't. <laughs> Yeah, it's not even the same ballpark. It's like, not the same league. It's not the same sport of these two shows. And, and I would like to say, keep in mind, for me, I'm coming off of Halo. That's the last show I watch. I don't watch a lot of TV, really. Well, I'm watching Sense8 again with my wife. But generally speaking, a lot of the new shows that come out, I'm not jumping on. So I like Stranger Things. I'm one of those who adore the first season yep. of Stranger Things. I think the second and third season are good shows. They're but fine. They didn't, they didn't hit the same way as yep. one right season four is special like in a way that like most tv series can't pull off like it is special it, it's so good i could probably ramble about it for 30 minutes if we needed to we're not going to but it just if you enjoy stranger things at all and you haven't started to watch season four yet get to it like put other things aside and start watching it because it is freaking brilliant the internet's not going to play fair with you for long so Watch, watch a little bit of it, definitely. Uh, yeah, so one of the things I will say about Obi-Wan um, is that I watched Obi-Wan after I watched the first two episodes of Stranger Things in you know, one, one kind of sitting. So the close proximity uh, does influence things when I talk about production value and directorial choices and you know, keeping shots in focus uh, and things that Obi-Wan fails to do uh, throughout its runtime. Uh, and there is such a vast gulf of difference in the production values, the direction, the acting, the plotting, the world building, the narrative and everything else between Stranger Things season four and Obi-Wan, it will just pain you to watch Obi-Wan second. So if you do have to watch them in proximity, watch Obi-Wan first. Um, otherwise, Stranger Things uh, got my first nine on a TV show this year, I think, for the first two episodes and then increased that to a 9.5 in the second two episodes. Uh, so get excited, kids. Stranger Things season four is fire. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Episode four is when I finished that episode, I looked at my wife and I was like, man, that is that's one of the best episodes of television I've watched. And I straight up yelled. I straight up yelled at the TV at the end of episode four. It was um, amazing. And I'm through six now. So seven is the there's seven episodes out now. And then it returns in July with part two of this season. Um from what people have told me, episode seven is just as good as four. So I'm very anxious to watch that tonight. Well, you know, the split is weird, right? For those people that don't know it, they're holding the last two episodes for July so that they can soak you for two more months of subscription. Uh, but they did pick what they think was a good kind of ending, one assumes. Um, and so uh, my daughter, who I've been watching these episodes with, which is significantly a darker season than Stranger Things has ever done, it is, um, is enjoying the crap out of herself. I'm, I'm actually kind of glad in retrospect that it's like it took three years to make this one because she's kind of slid into an age where I'm like only mildly a bad father for watching it with her. <laughs> um, and uh, she, she's been sitting there worried about what episode seven will be because she's like, they're going to end it. It's going to be something enormous. And then it's going to be a whole month. And I'm like, you know, daughter, we used to wait for like 
every advancement in a TV show. We used to have to wait weeks. There were two months sometimes between episodes in the middle of a season. She's like, that sounds stupid. And it was. Uh, but we've had such a good time with it. I watched episode four twice because I loved it that much. Um, and so, yes, as as far as joylessness, what I am is standard having. Uh, and Stranger okay. Things exceeds that standard to a great deal. <laughs> yep. So, Dan, are you watching it too? <clears throat> yeah, 100%. I actually, I, now I'm three episodes in. It's already... I mean, that, that's the thing. You always have to have a kind of a palate cleanser to, you know, when you watch TV shows, especially like this. It's, you know, you go from, God, I can't even imagine going from like Halo to Stranger Things like back to back. You were just literally crying after like two episodes. Yeah, yeah. it's a joke. Anyway, uh, but, you know, it, like it, four times the budget of the Halo show and it shows. Well, yes, yeah. it, it's worth sure. noting that I think this is the they, most expensive TV show ever yes. made. They they yeah. increased the budget. It was like thirty million over thirty, 30 million, million per, episode. per episode. Yeah, you know, it, I mean that's awesome. That's yeah. what they needed to do. You know, that's how you get people into your damn subscription. When they're you know, double length, all of them are double out. length. It's essentially two seasons at once. The pacing is still wasn't great. Halo also like millions of dollars. <laughs> so, it was it Halo was at almost ten million an episode. This is over thirty, so it's oh, that's pretty. Yeah, it's I mean, the, the, like, to be fair, these episodes are like two hours long, so some of them are. Like, they're, uh, they're they're about twenty usually, so yeah. it's, about, it's about a double dose. Yeah, yeah, so. and then um, I think episode seven is like nearly two hours for the finale for this first half. Uh, yeah, and it gets longer apparently in the. And the, it sounds like Ains and I are in the exact same space. We're we're just short of episode seven, which I'm intending to watch today. Yep, exactly. So uh, I, if you're interested, I, if you follow me on Twitter at Hogue Law, I've been going and doing capsule summaries of each of those two uh, two episode sets uh, because five and six are kind of a resetting after the ridiculousness of, of episode four. So it little, is a little yeah. less, and they're uh, building to seven, right? So. Yep. Yeah, Dan, you said you watched the first three. Uh, yeah. So watch four as soon as possible. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I gotta, get, I got a graduation party to hit today. I, uh, I know what I'll be doing there, uh, sitting outside. On my phone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not the ideal circumstances, but yeah, watch it. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'll, I'll watch it more than once. I'm sure. um, Episode four is just really, really, really good. I don't want to oversell it because you're gonna get too high expectations. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, it's really good. It's really good. And and this is maybe neither here nor there, but I appreciate it. The audio production on this show is incredible and it's film it's recorded in Atmos and it's one of the best Atmos implementations for a TV series okay. I've heard. It's incredible. Like we were we were following a uh, just, you know, no spoilers, we were following a, a clock sound around the room and it's like, "Oh, they had fun." I, I said to my daughter actually, I said, "Oh, the audio guy had fun on this one." <laughs> yeah, it's 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 amazing. Uh, it's definitely put my system through its paces, which is awesome. That's the whole point of it, right? It's so, so good. Um, Travis, I'm so sorry, you... I, my joyless heart just. <laughs> I like certain things. So, Travis, are you? I, I are you in the Stranger Things or not really? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I've seen all the seasons. I thought, uh, like you guys, I kind of preferred season one, and I thought yeah. season two and three were pretty pretty. Uh, they were snooze fests for me for sure. Um, I guess like I'm, I'm, I don't have a ton of affinity. You guys are all older and probably remember the eighties. Like I don't, I was born in 89. So, uh, at the end of 89, I'm basically a nineties kid. Um, so yeah, I, I don't have that same kind of affinity for it. And it's interesting that you guys all <laughs> like have that kind of connection to it. Um, 
I think it's probably made for an audience like you guys, but I don't know. I don't, I don't have a particular problem with it. I'm interested in seeing if season four can turn around like I have, but I have not seen any of the, the season yet. Um, okay. so. Well, we don't know how it's going to end, of course, but I mean, right now somebody asked me to rank them and, and I would have four's got a shot at, at either finishing second or uh, upturning one. Depending yeah, on I just for me, it's more like it's kind of played out for me. Like, you know, they can only fight. They can only go to the upside down so many times. And I also as it turns out, it's five. Yeah, uh, they said season five is the finale. They did. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, so they got one more. Damn. OK, uh, I thought this was the final season, to be honest. No, um, no. They said this is the, the penultimate prelude to the final season. My, my my favorite thing, and maybe this is where I do have a connection, is, uh you know, as a as a tabletop RPG player. And they're all D&D people. And I love how any time in that show, anything to do with science comes up, one of the kids will be like, you mean like in our game, Dungeons and Dragons? And then the scientist is like, exactly like that. Travis? On like every topic. It's like, Dungeons what? and Dragons That's is a character just... in this season. Yeah, it plays a big part in this. Dungeons and Dragons oh is a character Oh my God, in this dude. I just, it, it makes me laugh because I'm just like, oh, these kids. Sorry to interrupt you, Travis. I was just going to say that, uh, but we the 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 people who lived through the 80s at, at a decent age who remember them right the old guys the season ones in the house re do remember the stuff they're referencing in the season right like that was part of the conversation in in media and other places at the time from D &D? i got talked I, I i remember the sermon i mean I, re I remember i remember getting talked to about the stuff that they talk about in this season that D, &D was like uh yeah. cause kids to fall into satanic cult yep. and oh yeah, yeah. That, that was still a thing when i was yeah. a kid too trust All right. me yeah no i, I, I enjoy I, some the of the stuff well, the D and D part is the one part of the game that I identify with, but I'm also like, oh, you're playing the worst tabletop game. You have no culture at all. Uh, granted, in the time in the oof. '80s, it was like the only tabletop game, but yeah, it's uh... my goodness. No, that's no. not a wolf. That's not a wolf. <laughs> People who play tabletop games know that D and D is like your starter kit. It's like that's how you get it's into the, it. It's, it's, it's the grandfather of all things. Yeah, it's I, the I, vanilla. I, it's the vanilla flavor ice cream. Is how you. I'm just glad it. you could you could find a, a moment to insult D and D during the show. So that was that was good. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, Travis, give it a shot. Yeah. But you might want to watch all of Obi Wan first, so we don't ruin your palate. Yeah, I'm. I again, I'm not. I, I'm not worried about that. I, okay. I I I tend to think I'll probably like Stranger Things less, but we'll see. That would be amazing to me. <laughs> okay. So we've got a few comments on, on TV shows. Let me get these super chats. By the way, Contessa Wright, good morning. She says, after reading the Halo book series and playing the games, I just can't with the TV series. I know. I know. It's exhausting. <laughs> All right. Fatboy Horror in the house. All right. Fatboy Horror, five pounds. Uh, Hogue, I usually agree, but Travis is right. You need to have watched some of the Star Wars for this better than the snooze fest, Stranger Things. So I like the accusation here. That I don't recognize the references. As you might know, making references to things does not a plot make. So I've seen all these things. I know all of these plot lines. It's still crap. But Stranger <laughs> Things, if you don't like it, that's okay with me. You can't take what I've experienced this weekend away from me. So good on you, Fatboy Horror, and we appreciate your super chat. <laughs> Fatboy Horror, love you, dude. Like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Stranger <laughs> Things is a bit of a snooze best for me, too, at least so far. Stop it. All right, JP. Uh, JP Specter with is that seventy is South African? Maybe. Uh, I'm curious uh, if by the time we get to the uh, Ahsoka and Mando season three show, how much of people will understand the characters and storylines from Clone Wars and Rebels, with just how deeper they are going into it. 
Yeah. yeah. It's sort I, of mandatory reviewing at this point. And I think uh, yeah. it has to, a lot to do with who is the uh, chief storyteller on Star Wars right now, who obviously had a ton of involvement in both Clone Wars and Rebels and seems to be obsessed with uh, making the live action canon um, kind of built around those shows, which isn't a bad strategy. There's a ton of lore to pull from. So. Well, I think it's a fundamental error to base your future looking projects on what amounts to kids cartoons. Uh, I think you wind up dragging that kiddiness into the plots that you wind up using. Um, but, you know, reasonable minds can differ. Yeah, and I and I would say, you know, kiddiness is probably one of the core things about Star Wars and people who just grew up and decided that they didn't like that stuff anymore are the people who don't like it. So, yeah, I, I don't know. That's to me, that's like part of its brand, right? Like it's it's always been in there. So. Uh, that is South African Rand, by the way, Dan. Nice. Shout out. nice. Thank you very much, JP. Appreciate you. Nice. <clears throat> All, right. All right. We are actually we, we, we missed uh, Kern. I we don't think we ever, I ever read that right one. Here. Yeah. It, what's scarier, JJ being a, attached to a franchise or Endless Pits and Sackboy? <laughs> Rip Speed Racer. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually agree with this one, Hug. I'm, I'm with you on this one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's endless pits and sack boy. Oh boy, Karen, uh, thank you so much. Man. It's a close one. It's a close one. <laughs> it is the kiss of death to me right now. It's like, oh, what are you going to be attached to that I that I remember somewhat fondly? <laughs> yeah. All right, we're actually going to move to some gaming conversation here. So we're only fifty eight minutes in. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, might as well. Okay. Uh, so let's talk about uh, PlayStation, guys. So. Uh, we had a PlayStation briefing this week, which uh, they Sony and PlayStation provided this presenta- presentation directly uh, from Jim Ryan, which talked about a whole range of things within the PlayStation ecosystem. Obviously, the revenue, their sales, the demand for the PS5, their their future investments, TV shows, kind of the whole gamut, if you will. And so there's a lot of interesting things here that I wanted to discuss. Um, some of it, you, you know, you probably already know if you listen to us already or you listen to me because I know I talk about this stuff a lot. Um, but some of the other stuff about especially the future thinking and where their investments are lying, I think are, is quite interesting. So um, for our audio listeners, we're going to talk through this as much as possible. I do have some of the presentation we're going to put on the screen. So for kind of our live chat viewers and people watching this after, there'll be some uh, the the uh, screens, ex- sorry, the um, slides is what I'm trying to say. The slides from the presentation up, but audio listeners will describe this as much as possible. So first things first is just how PlayStation is doing. And I, I always, I think Dan and I have joked about this quite a bit, but people generally that I see in my bubble on Twitter or the gaming space don't generally understand how big PlayStation is. Um, so to put that in perspective, here's their revenue uh, margins, which shows that, uh, again, fiscal year 2021, which for Sony and PlayStation ended on March 21st, uh, 31st, uh, 2021 is their uh, highest revenue ever, uh, 2,740 billion yen, which translates to just about $21.5 billion in revenue. Now, to put that in context for everyone, Nintendo's fiscal year, same fiscal year, ended March 31st. They just slightly surpassed 13 billion in revenue. Uh, and Xbox with Bethesda, so Xbox and Bethesda combined are just under 16 billion. So PlayStation is still substantially ahead of both Xbox and Bethesda and Nintendo in terms of annual revenue generation. Um, so another great year for PlayStation, <clears throat> which um, they also point out, by the way, 
their demand. And then I'll, I'll let you guys comment here. But I found this slide kind of interesting. And, and part of this is because people haven't been able to buy a PS5. So they're still very sought after, obviously. But just the numbers alone are pretty impressive, which what Jim pointed out here is that when PlayStations are available, and this is at the top three retailers in the U.S., by the way, for context, that they average a sales of 1,000 units per minute. So when they go up for sale, they're selling 1,000 units per minute uh, at this point in the PS5's lifetime. And what they point out here for the PlayStation 4 is that at this point, they averaged about six per minute when they would be you know, on the market. Ains, do we have a definition for what a U.S. retailer event is? Yeah, I was looking at the asterisk too. Hope. Yeah, it says... I have, uh, I, have, I have a feeling these are very controlled environments. It is, it is. And that's. I just thought I'd mention it because I thought it was a funny thing to mention, especially sure. because there's so much context and nuance to what this would mean. Um, but all it says in the full presentation is that this is the top three leading retailers, which I would presume in the U.S. would be like Walmart, Amazon. Uh, I don't know what the third would be. It would be like um, GameStop. Maybe GameStop, maybe Best Buy, something Target. like that. Um, <clears throat> but when they basically kind of go live for PlayStation 5 sales. So they have one of those. It'll be going up in two hours and they do one of these things and they, and they, they sell real Correct. fast. Well, that's Correct. of course. I, see, this is this slide is so interesting to me because it's like, this is a bullshit slide. The, the reason yeah. it's 55% right now is because it's, uh, <clears throat> a heck of a lot of people can't otherwise get it. <laughs> and so it Correct. sells a thousand because a heck of a lot of people can't otherwise get it, which is fine. This is, you want to talk about lying through statistics. It's that kind of slide, which Correct. is, look at how amazing it is because there's a, there's a complete unmet demand. Now, there are other slides, I think, in this presentation that we're going to be talking about that suggests that the demand is actually even higher than the PlayStation 4's like total um, demand that could be that could be met, which is totally fine as yes. an argument. But that specific slide is like, yeah, folks, that's what supply constrained looks like. Yeah, yeah, that was one <laughs> of the funny slides for sure. Um, yeah, for sure. So it, I think what it points out is that um, uh, not that that slide points out, but what you know, obviously, what Jim's setting up here is look, PS5 is doing great, and everyone wants, and it right? is. Yeah, and it is. Uh, so that that's kind of the point. Uh, so some other um, interesting things to note here is, uh, and there's a lot of numbers here to dive into, like I said, basically what he's pointing out is that from an engagement standpoint, which is funny enough, what have been talking about for a while, right, Dan, engagement in the ecosystem is what it's all about. So if you look at these kind of core statistics that I guess, you know, they look at from a, a gameplay attach rate, your monthly active user retention rate, sure. your monthly gameplay hours, uh, paid. Well, look at that subs. Look at that subs jump. That's their big. That's their big money maker. Yeah, that's why we see all of this restructuring going on in PlayStation Plus. Look at that their jump. Play. Yep. Yeah. So at seven years, they've gone from thirty three percent of paid PlayStation Plus subs to eighty two percent. That jumps uh, out at me on the page. Yeah, big time, big time. So and that's yeah, as you just said, they're driving towards uh, other things, which we will touch on here shortly. <clears throat> So uh, they point out that the game spend is higher than it was on PS4. Again, they're 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 very specific in how they're measuring this, right? They take the <laughs> two-year period during the PlayStation 4's life cycle and they compare it to a two-year period of the PS5. But what's what I brought this slide out for that's notable is you notice a huge increase in digital add-on percentage. Mm -hmm. That is your light blue in the middle of the slide. So if you look seven to nine years ago. It was a small percentage of the overall uh, monetization. Sure. Whereas nowadays, it's a much, much bigger percentage of the pie. So that would be microtransactions, well, DLC, etc. 
I was going to say that light blue is incorporating all free to play, right? Like that's, yes. that's what it is, is add-ons. So that's Fortnite right there. Oh, yep. Fortnite, Warzone, all those big players. Um, Do you think so. it also includes the $10 increase they did to games just in general? Like that's probably going to affect the overall percentage of spend, right? Well, I think that's the big blue box would be at the price that they sell it at. And this is a dollars per dollars comparison. So I think that's already incorporating $70 purchase price. The, you're talking yeah. about the add-on box? No, the, 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 the lower The full game box is going to be a total bucket of revenue they made. So that'll incorporate whatever whatever they sold it at. Yeah. It's interesting. Exactly. So that then that would imply they're making they're making fewer games, right? It's down twenty one percent. So down twenty one percent on game spend. Each game costs more, so they're spent they're making fewer games and doing more post release content. Yes, exactly. And that's all of this I set up in a specific order. <laughs> I was gonna say, and you've seen the roadmap laid before you before we get to their, yes, to their yes. uh, so, plan. Yeah. Um, they also talk about PSVR 2, which I'm really starting to get excited about. Um, so they point out here that, uh, you know, we already knew kind of the tech behind it. It is actually very strong tech, as we've talked about, I think, several months ago. Look but they note here bottom sitting there. Look at that cord just sitting out I know, there. I know, the single cord. Uh, <laughs> but they do say here that they are going to have 20-plus major first-party and third-party titles confirmed for PSVR 2 at launch. They point oh. out Horizon, which they've already announced, of course. Um we, you know, as a group, I know we've talked about before, the key is going to be, can you get the big third party titles uh, like Half-Life Alex, which always seems to be the first one that's mentioned. But, um, you <laughs> know, I won't, get that. Yeah. I won't get that one. You don't think yeah. so? No, I don't think so. I think I think Steam has an interest in keeping on their platform. You're, we'll years out, you're years out from that release. I'm not positive. We'll see. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. That, I mean, that would be dope. I would play it again. Hey, Ains, I know there was a slide before this, and we don't have to show it necessarily, but there was something I didn't recognize, and I just want to help my my own intelligence levels here. What is PlayStation Direct? Mm, I don't have this. I only have the slides I've uploaded here, man. Um, okay. But they, they, it was part of their core business, and they said they were doing PlayStation Direct as well as PlayStation VR, and PlayStation Direct already makes $300 million or whatever. In fiscal year twenty one, it's four hundred and fifty eight, and I don't know, uh, I don't know what it is. Gosh, I'm trying to find. I'm sorry about that. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm uh, sorry for the pause here. Okay, I, no, I blew up. I, I blew up your awesome flow. Forget I asked. <laughs> uh, let's see. That's their physical store online. Online store. Yeah. There you go. Thank it's you just guys. them selling okay. directly it's, to consumers. Okay. All okay. Right. Yeah. Not not through retailers. There you go. Okay. Correct. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Okay. Thank Sorry you, Joe. That. No, you're fine. You're fine. I, I, weird, I was it's weird that they have a separate branding for that, to be honest. Yeah. I'd never heard PlayStation Direct before. In fact, when I first saw the box, I thought they were referring to their state of plays because I'm just so used to thinking of Nintendo Directs. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, how is that making revenue? Is that just YouTube ads? yeah thank you guys in the chat appreciate that um so here's where the bulk of the conversation i want to get to lies and we've talked about playstation uh you know and their focus many many times we've talked about the strength of their ip we've talked about their investment in in single player third person action adventure we've talked about that endlessly and god knows i've written about and we've talked about xbox's evolution right and how they're evolving their ecosystem so what is most interesting, and, and Jim Ryan also commented outside of this presentation about these things too, 
is that it is now exceedingly clear that PlayStation is changing their model and not not changing may not be the right word, right? Evolving their model because as we previously saw, their revenue stream from digital add-ons is a key focus for them. And if you go through all of this presentation, you will see that. And so these next couple slides point out a few key things, and I'm just going to run through them and then we can have the conversation, which is if you look at just a few years ago, fiscal year 2019, their uh, investment was into nearly 80% existing IP and only a smaller investment, 23% into new IP. That has shifted as of this past year uh, downwards to uh, a third basically being new IP by fiscal year 2025. And that's what you'll see the rest of the slide. This is obviously kind of a three-year plan, right? Is that they want to get to a 50-50 split between new IP and existing IP, which I think is great. Like many of us always say, give us new IPs, right? Interesting new IPs. So that's a, that's a good thing. But these, these next couple is where things change. So... Uh, you can see here no! and like, <laughs> no! you can, you, you, have you not seen these already, Dan? Oh, I saw him. I saw him. <laughs> this so, is the worst slide. PlayStation is obviously recognizing that the future in monetization is in digital add-ons and that they already as of calendar year so it's weird that they suddenly break into calendar year here, but I'll keep my business. <laughs> so, it sure is. As of calendar year, they are projecting that digital add-ons will match their revenue from all console software sales. That's both physical, physical and digital combined. Starting next year, in calendar year 2023, they're forecasting that digital add-ons will actually surpass all of their revenue from game sales. And because of that, and continue to kind of uh, widen that gap in the coming calendar years, and because of that, there, as you can see here, their business model just three years ago was 88% investment into what they call traditional. Again, they're changing words here, but traditional investment, which would be your single player, kind of what you think of PlayStation IPs as, and only 12% live service. As of fiscal year 2022, which is now and likely includes the Bungie uh, acquisition, which they call out in this documentation. Yeah, it probably does. That's right. Yes, it is nearly a 50-50 split between live service and traditional. And they are saying that by fiscal year 2025, again, three-year plan, they want to get to 55% of their investment being into live service. And what that translates into... Well, wait, that- can we go back just to a slide real quickly? Because the one thing that they are depicting here, and this is all made up, is sure. that if you just take the size of those boxes, they are trying to suggest that they're going to continue a, a similar investment amount for traditional games throughout that, that this yeah. bar going up that high is much more that investment, is. much higher cost. Correct. But, but, but the split is 45, 55, but that essentially it's trying to assuage, you know, fears here by having those boxes be um, somewhat similar so that in 25, when it's only 45% of their spend, that's actually a taller box than what they spent in, in, in 19. That's a very good call out, Rick. Very good call out. Yes. Yeah, so I, I think they're they're trying to say that this is additive, not replacing anything that well, they're already doing. And it's enormously expensive. They're also trying to communicate that, that if you want to succeed in live services, that 55%, look at the size of that spend on what they're going to have to do to, right. to think, they, they uh, think to make it work. What they've done in, you know, just a few years ago. Yes. Right. Yeah. Good call out, Rick. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> 
So what that translates to is right now they consider the show to be their only live service game. So okay. I guess the show and All-Stars didn't land well, huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> they just so, don't want to bring it up in investment documents. You don't want to answer <laughs> questions about that. Right. <laughs> so um, they are planning, at least right now, to have 12 live service titles three years from now. Oh, my God. Um, so that obviously probably includes Destiny, right? It it includes yep. what they're probably doing with Haven, what they're doing with Fire Sprite, and probably Twisted Metal. Yep. And it also things. includes uh, Bungie's other live service game, uh, Matter, code name Matter, uh, the supposed to be coming out in the next year or two. Yep. Yes. So uh, long story short, um, you can see that you know PlayStation is driving towards. To Rick's point, it's not that they're kind of killing their investment into what so they're they known. Claim. So they claim, right? Yep. But you can absolutely see a shift, even though they're investing more. The what they're focusing on is uh, is a clear shift here. That's right. Uh, and, and on this fiscal year twenty two, which is us, give or take, um, I see three live services games. Let, we, we can assume that one of those is Destiny, as they purchase Bungie and it's officially under their portfolio. Do we have any idea what the other they, game would be, or is that oh, not announced yet? No, part of uh, Jim Ryan's separate comments from these slides. Okay. Set, that they have two live service games that will launch this year. So, okay, so that doesn't I, mean destiny. All right. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, and I, I'm assuming he had to say that and clarify because uh, des correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the deal is not formally closed. Right. So, yeah. But they treat it. If you look at this whole presentation, they essentially just put an asterisk on, they count it as an acquisition. And then they say, true. you know, pending, pending buying the thing. Uh, so like it could easily be the same way in this graph. That's why I asked the question. Uh, they yeah. assume it'll be there and it's in one of these, it's in one of these columns. It's probably fiscally or 23 then. Yeah, he did. He did mention that they have two titles, which we're going to touch on the state of play that's announced here soon. Um, All right, cool. but I, I would imagine that we're probably, even though I guess we'll see because he, <laughs> the state of play is supposedly not first party. So I don't know, but, um, it's yeah, fun. he did say that there's two live service titles coming. Uh, he also commented that, uh, well, I'll save that for the next slide because I found that comment interesting. But anyway, um, so Dan, I I, I I see your face right now, which is actually making me laugh as we speak. Oh, we um, can't see each other's faces. I, no, we can't see each other. Ains yeah. is the master of the universe right now. Oh, yeah. Let me go. Let me, <laughs> let me back off this real quick then. Um, so I, it's, it's going to be real interesting. My thought here is, as we've kind of said at a high level is, I would love to see PlayStation continue to develop the types of single player kind of adventure experiences that we know and love, right? That many people love them for. Um, but I've said for a long time now that I would love to see PlayStation with their investments drive a better online community, right? Like there, there is nothing that I play online on my PlayStation. Um, and, and that's okay. Uh, but I, I would like to, right? I would love for Twisted Metal to come out and be fantastic. And I would love to have uh, the Last of Us rumored factions game to come out and be fantastic. And Twisted Metal would totally work as a live services game. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I assume that that's one of the ones they're going to announce. That would totally that's work. That's, you can almost build it in your head right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I'm, I'm hopeful, as I always am. I tend to lean more hopeful when I hear these things, um, that PlayStation is going to be able to walk this line. That's not an easy line to walk, as we know, but um, we'll see what they do. Um, but I'm curious as to your guys' thoughts. This is why they bought one of the best in the biz. I mean, like, this is yep. literally why. Oh, there, yep. there's one chart that literally shows how Bungie is going to help them move into yep. live service. 
And it's also why I'm I'm skeptical of the people who say, oh, Sony bought uh, Bungie, Destiny is going to become better. I think it's the exact opposite. I think there's going to be a huge brain drain at Bungie and they're going to have all these people working on a bunch of different live service games and Destiny is just going to be one of them. So I don't know, Uh, but that's a Destiny conversation. But uh, anyway. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the good or bad for Destiny. uh, For sure. It's going to be bad for Destiny for sure, but good for Sony and probably good for a bunch of other games. So Yeah, I mean, it's we don't know, but yeah, I, Travis, I certainly see your through line, and I think that's a possibility. Yeah, yeah. I, I, all um, I know is that it, 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 this is all Luke Lore's fault for buying every <laughs> single Avengers uh, skin and every single Fortnite skin square in existence. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this—that's. I mean, people aren't stupid. These guys know way more than we do. They—they they see where this money's coming from. And that's what they're doing. I mean, it makes sense. I I totally understand. I hate every single part of it, but I understand why they're doing it. You you know, money is good. So so I mean, that's that's basically all you need, right? It's actually I on. Mean, I believe that's on the the logo. Yeah. It's yeah, just under the is. PlayStation yeah. for the money. players. We should we should put that good. on our currency. Yeah, money's but, good. With, yeah. With, with Here's, that being said, Travis yeah. always says, you know, you know, life service games are hard. To, yes, to have that. 12 games in the next three years that are all going to be successful is a really big ask. They're I not mean, making them all to be successful. They're not going to all be successful. Oh, they're buying no. lottery tickets. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. They just they that's, just that's need one Fortnite. Is. They need one Rocket League. That's what League, they need. They need that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, it. Yes, yeah, so live service games are hard. You have to have hundreds of people working on it to do it right. I think that they probably won't do it right at the beginning, which is sort of the business model is that you launch a game and then you see if it has support and then if it does then you build the live service team i don't particularly like that model i wish that they would have the live service team in place when they launch it but no one has done it that way and i think i i'm i have to believe that that's strategic i have to believe it's because you don't hire 300 people and build that massive live service team until you know you have a hit right and so you 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 build the game you see if it's a hit and then if it's if it does then you build the live service team and if you're like uh 343 then that means a year without really much content because you're still building up the team uh destiny went through that uh the division went through that and then went through undoing it uh so (laughs) that's that's a pretty uh pretty common uh thing um i i would say Yes, Dan, it is the Luke Lores buying uh, Avenger skins and that sort of thing. But you know who it also is? It's also the Dan's playing Hitman 3. That's a live service game, my friend. And I think uh, there's there's good out there for everyone. So I would say try to be optimistic. Keep in mind that live service games can be good and they can appeal to people who like single player experiences. That said, I'm a little worried about this just because it's something that PlayStation historically hasn't done well. And I'm worried that their audience are not the type of people to like this. If Xbox had this exact same presentation and said, we're going full live service, I think Xbox players would be like, hell yeah. Because to Ains's point, he plays all of his online games on Xbox. And I think that audience tends to like those types of games a lot more. A lot I think of their games is, are already live service. That's right. That's right. And I, I think this is going to read as bad news for the PlayStation audience. And so we've talked about how before how I really enjoy that each of the platform holders is doing completely different things and it's mm-hmm. working for each of those audiences. I worry that PlayStation is starting to veer out of their lane and are maybe right. trying to Maybe they're trying to grab more market. Maybe they're trying to try something new. I don't know what their play is, but it it strikes me as something that maybe isn't going to be super popular with their audience. And if it comes at the cost of other projects, they're especially going to be pissed. So it, it's sure? a gamble, but it makes a ton of sense from where they're coming from. But uh, 
I don't know. I, I love live service games. Some of them, I also hate a lot of live service games, just like any other, uh, uh, format out there. And, but it, it's undeniable that why they're doing this is, is like it's dollars and cents. It's where the money's right. at. And, and games can be good to your point, Dan, you love Hitman three. You can Great, you love your problem. Real yeah. quick. My problem. I, I think they, I think Travis made excellent points. So everything Sony is doing makes broad sense from a business perspective because there's money that lives there. You can only have to do is look at EA's financials. They haven't released a traditional game that made them money in forever now. Ubisoft um, either. Yeah. Yeah. But when, when, well, they, the problem with that is like Valhalla gets strapped into live services because it has like those little bits about Christmas and things. It's like, okay. Um, <laughs> but, um, the, the problem that I do have is I do think live services, what I tend to think of as forever type games, the ones that you can just pour time into and just have a great time with, uh, is at some point a limited market that um, it looks like everybody's making money on it. And they are, but you probably aren't going to get into a situation where somebody has five forever games that they're running at once. So one of the things that Sony has to combat here is that they want to be the best, like no one ever was. Uh, and so they're bringing in these people, they're putting in all this investment um, and they might win one uh, or, or more. They might wind up being the best live services company that ever existed. But everything that we're seeing here, all this investment, all this money put into this might be a more limited pie than it seems right now, because I can't play five of these. Um, so if I go over and Sony makes the best damn thing ever, you know, maybe that's me leaving Destiny, which for purposes right now, doesn't matter to Sony, <laughs> but maybe that's me leaving Sea of Thieves uh, or, or whatever. Um, that's my honest feeling here. This is how I feel about streaming services on TV, right? As these things grew, what I wound up doing is essentially having a slot in my budget that is streaming service and I just rotate through them. Uh, so that's it didn't increase the revenues in the market um, for the Hogue method. Uh, it just moved me around. Um, and so... It's a very interesting question that I'm sure they're analyzing and they believe they can essentially brute force this. What those boxes say is we're going to spend a ton. We have this Q score right now. We have this branding appeal right now. We're going to go for it whole hog. Uh, and that's the right way, by the way. You do not half-ass this. They're they are going all in. Uh, but yeah, it'll put the fear of God into anybody that likes Sony as a brand that represents to them action adventure, over the shoulder, open world, narrative experiences, whatever it is that Sony is to you, that is changing. And whether or not they succeed is somewhat of a question mark. But that's such a small percentage of the PlayStation audience, right? If, you're, if you've got an attach rate of, say, like 100 and something million consoles out there and only 20 million people are buying, you know, God of War or Spider-Man or whatever it is, that leaves you with 100 million people that are playing Madden, that are playing FIFA, that are playing Call of Duty, all these live service games you know, that are playing Destiny, that are, I think the audience is there, kind of, you know, but I, I, I think, it, I think that, that, that single player over the shoulder third person is a very small percentage of what Sony's audience is. It's just the loudest part well, of the, the audience. Really? Awards, it's the one that wins the kudos. It's the one oh, that makes sure. the brand 100%. what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you ditch that, you've got, a, you know, an Oscars prestige problem. I think I think it's a larger part of the audience than you think, Dan. And I think they've they've done a great job at fostering the single player who likes to play, you know, really high quality uh, games. And I I think they're going for a different audience right now. I think they're trying uh, to increase their market right. share. You know. Yeah. So is, 
Well, they don't overlap, right? The Spider-Man 20 million might be different than The Last of Us Part 2 20 million, might be different from The Ghost of Tsushima 20 million, you know, what, whatever it is. Uh, but your point is well taken that there's a lot of people that it's their Madden box or what have you. Right. The, the question that I raise is that, you know, if you have 12 Destinies, you're not, you're not probably playing 12 Destinies. You're playing the one that you like the best. So this market yeah. is a little bit unusual because it demands so much time and attention and resources. And it's essentially designed around incentive programs that say, if you miss today, you're in trouble or you lost something or, you know, you feel bad about it. So you have to stay up to date with those. I find that a little bit exhausting. I like them, but I find it a little bit exhausting. So I really only ever maintain one at a time. Yeah. So there's a couple of points I'll touch on real quick um, that you guys have kind of um touched on yourselves which uh is one of the slides i didn't pull up right so this this is outside of um playstation this is gaming category growth as playstation sees the the market right so yeah. one thing that's really interesting when you look at this and i'm sorry i don't have it saved to pull up right here but uh, travis you mentioned market share right so there is a little blurb on one of their slides where it says their market share during the ps4 era was 45 percent playstation right their target is 50 percent so to answer your question, yes, they they believe that they can get another five percent market share of the entire market. PlayStation does. Now, if you look at if you look at where they believe in the calendar year that the uh, console industry is going in the next three years to twenty twenty five, they believe console hardware revenue is going to go down. They believe physical console software is going to go down, and they believe digital console software, digital game sales, is going to stay flat. <laughs> the two places that PlayStation in their presentation shows a substantial increase in revenue are add-ons, which is what we're talking about, right? Microtransactions and subscription of all things. In fact, they believe that subscription is going to see the largest increase of revenue of any of these um, slices of the console market, or nearly mean, doubling in the next Like ESO years. and stuff? No, is that what they're talking about or what subscription what would include about? game pass and playstation plus premium okay. and things exactly okay. which okay. is why you see playstation doing what they're doing with ps plus and starting okay. to evolve it right because they see that going from an eight billion dollar uh calendar year kind of thing in 2021 to 15 billion in 2025 so almost doubling they see digital add-ons going from 15 billion to 24 billion so again it's already a huge slice of the market. And to put into perspective, the $24 billion that they see the digital add-ons is compared to $17 billion for all software sales. So again, the, the future here is people buying things like skins, DLC, add-ons, etc. Is, is what they see them happening in the market. Yeah. Um, I, I tend to think... I tend to think that they're going to have all of the success they think they are, but I think in terms of market share, they're probably a little off. I think that the market's probably going to get increasingly more competitive. They'll own a smaller share of it, but that will still equate to more dollars. You know what I mean? Just because yes. there's the game, the games industry is is becoming larger and larger, diverse, and there's more players than ever, and all that stuff. But I, I don't think any any uh, one console maker is ever going to be able to say that they have fifty percent of the gaming pie like ever again i think that it's it's getting too competitive these days but yeah, yeah it also depends depends how you define the market i doubt that they're right. including mobile that's, that's what i stuff. understand are they are they saying 50 percent of the console market like like okay you've got 100 people half of them have a playstation but they also might have something else or is it just you know they are so 
so there's there's a breakdown here. So yeah, it's con I, and I, I have the screen. I can you can share it. I just yeah. sent it to you. Uh, okay. It's console market. So it's 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 consoles. Um, that that's how it's defined. They don't give us a lot of the direct links to the source material, but it's it's consoles. It's not phones. It's not um, yeah. it's not anything else. And I I tend to agree with Travis if everything winds up going to PC more quickly than it is right now. If it doesn't, Sony's advantage on console market share, whatever that matters at the end of the day, was actually theirs to have um, in this generation and beyond because they were the only ones really running a hardcore walled garden um, outside of Nintendo. And Nintendo is very, very popular, um, but it's hard to even categorize them in the same generation that you're operating in. So Sony might have done some magic tricks with that. Yeah, sure. so... Yeah, so they are talking about console market, as you guys just said. Now, in the same slide, they are looking at the total gaming industry, where if you follow the revenue in the gaming industry, you know that mobile dwarfs everything. Um, yep. So <clears throat> what they're projecting is about a 20% growth of the market in the next three years, overall gaming industry market. Um, mm -hmm. And that drives to the final slide I was going to pull up, which mobile represents, uh, gosh, about... Welcome to Dan really losing it. <laughs> mobile <laughs> represents about 40 to 45 percent uh of the total gaming market by itself uh and then you have pc you have console etc so where playstation is driving next and i think this is really interesting when you think about live service and their total overall investment is that they currently in 2019 right they were over 90 percent basically uh playstation 4 uh, with a little PC, a tiny bit of PC. As of right now, that the, the fiscal year 2022 that just ended, right? They are a little over 70% console uh, with about 20% PC and a tiny sliver, you know, 5%, what have you, maybe 8% of mobile. Where they're driving towards in the next three years is where their console market would only be about 55%. The other 45% of their revenue would come from mobile and PC. So uh, Jim Ryan's quote this week, which he said outside of the slide, is that they PlayStation has traditionally focused on the, quote, narrow, quote, end quote, console market, and that they need to drive towards PC and mobile more heavily, which is exactly what they're doing. So I think what's what's interesting to me is as you think about this huge investment into live service, right? you then have to tie it with this uh, investment into PC and mobile. And you start to think about those together, which is where we've talked many times about Xbox driving. You're bringing mobile users together with your open ecosystem, right? And connecting that all to one. And Sony is uh, very clearly has the same thing in mind. I bet you one of their acquisitions that they've been talking about, probably the biggest one is going to be a mobile company. Oh, yeah. Or somebody with a mobile, yeah. mobile arm, you know, yeah. the, the yeah. kings of the world. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, Xbox sense. just got one. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be. Well, I mean, that's why part of why Activision Blizzard's so big. I mean, there's many reasons why they were valued so much, right? But you're talking about Call of Duty, the biggest gaming IP. But when you talk about live service, Call of Duty, I mean, good God. King's and then bigger. Yeah, King's the biggest portion, portion of ABK. Yeah. It still greatly amuses me. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody exactly. remembers the K and it drives their company. <laughs> Like 10,000 employees or something like that. Like, well, if you ever look at the financials at ABK, it's like, oh, that biggest number is king, like every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So, and then don't forget that um, someone's going to keep me honest, but Zenga just merged with someone, right? Finalized. Uh, take two. Yes. Take two. Yeah. The two. biggest deal in gaming history for six days. <laughs> right. And then it well, then it was Activision, huh? Yes, it was. Yep. That was the most. That was the most quickly quickly destroyed thumbnail uh, on my channel. <laughs> so anyway, I, I I just found this really interesting because for me, right, it, it felt like PlayStation for the past couple of years has danced around this, right? They they've kind of been dancing around, and Jim Ryan is clearly the guy when all this went down a few years ago that they believed would take them this direction, right? Where they going and it feels like they've been dancing around it as they got into the PlayStation 5 generation but it, this presentation and his comments this week made it exceedingly clear where PlayStation is driving towards and what they're thinking about the future and that is no matter how you look at it, it it's definitely I think for some player uh, for some fans a mental shift of how they view PlayStation yeah yeah I say I mean, have some optimism growth is a good thing I'm hopeful. Like I said, I'm positive yeah. on it. I, I think it sounds fine. like they're going to keep doing the thing that they're doing now. And they're just doing more stuff on it. Uh, I, you know, that, that might be messy in the, in the run, but um, this is what you do. You chase success. You look for your next success. The next thing that's going to make you successful. What you can't do is just keep doing the same thing and hoping that that's going to work forever. You have, you have to pay attention to the trend. So, um, well, and if, you know, unless you're a Nintendo, you just do whatever you want. Dan's right. I, I <laughs> bet you Nintendo, Nintendo has some magic, uh, you know, cauldron. Yeah, they tried mobile. Strong. They ejected. Yeah. 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 I no, they, been going through Nintendo's fiscal reports with a fine-tooth comb over this past week, and there's some interesting stuff in there, too. Uh, stay not, tuned. I have a video coming on it very soon. It's yeah, no, I don't know whether they'll succeed or not. I also don't know what the future of gaming looks like or not. I tend to not like live service games as much as I like a well-produced narrative. Uh, and so, you know, all this looks like chasing after trends that aren't me anymore. But I get older. It's okay. Uh, and if they can make money that way, that's fine. But I would hope that some enterprising publisher, hardware producer, or otherwise would find that they can make a lot of money servicing people with some disposable income that would like to purchase products that meet their needs. <laughs> yeah, that. That <laughs> like, they'll yeah, still be doing that. They're just doing other stuff. You I know? think Sony has long moved away from things that excite me. So I mean, like this is years in the making <laughs> of, of of getting here. Their single player is all the same cinematic nonsense. And now if they're adding live services to it, it's like okay, all right. Didn't they just make uh, uh, what Horizon Dread Major. Dread? What is it called? We were Dread? just talking about it last week. Dread uh, yeah. Death Stranding. Jesus. Did Sony make Death Stranding? No. Sony funded uh, or helped to fund Death Stranding. Sony did not make yeah. it. That would not look at all like it. If Sony executives got to pick what that game looked like, that would not look I, like I that at all. I see your point. I see your point. But yeah, I mean, it's it. they, yeah. They funded um, a game that you like. Well, I was, I was going to say, right? They, I think that as the PlayStation community, or the people who kind of focus more on the PlayStation community and fans like us who obviously, you know, enjoy those games, Look at this. You still have to expect, to, to Travis's point, right? If Ragnarok comes out and Spider-Man 2 comes out and Wolverine comes out and those games come out and hit as hard as the prior ones have, uh, I think that'll kind of, uh, you know, draw back some of the concerns. But And I'm sure you, they'll be good. But, like, look at the lack of imagination there in terms of excitement for what is I new. I agree. Right? I mean, Ragnarok 2, okay, another Spider-Man fine wolverine is presumably in the vein 
of a of a Spider-Man, but with a different character. Yeah, and, and so it's like, okay, I will purchase these games. I will likely enjoy myself playing these games, but to actually get excited for a new experience, yeah, there ain't a lot out there. Well, they're, they're also they also said they're investing in new IPs. Granted, I probably all yeah, the new under IPs the same banner as the live services. Games. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I, know. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I assume that that's what's going to be happening. But I, I, I think uh, this is you need a cash cow to fund the stuff that you really your your kind of like you know pet projects, your art pieces, and I think that a lot of times Sony especially in recent years, you're, you're sort of forced to do the, you have to do God of War 2. You have to do Spider-Man 2 because it, it, it made so much money and it was so successful. You have to make a sequel. And now they can put themselves in a position where if they have these live service games that maybe are for a different audience, Hogue, but they can use the success there and the tons of money that's in it to finance stuff that maybe is a little bit more risky. So I, I think there's a potential upside to that as well, is that you know they find themselves more secure they've got multiple they're not putting it all in one basket because right now sony can't really afford a big triple a flop uh if they increase live service if they get into the mobile space they could afford to do that and then that allows them to have more creative freedom so i don't know it's a delightful let's try, let's try to be optimistic it would require yeah. a complete cultural and philosophical shift in the boardroom and ceo of playstation my my best guess is that if they make a ton of money pursuing one way they pursue that way more <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah yeah so yeah. we'll we'll see look it it is what it is we don't get to pick what is offered to us to play um and and frankly you know i think especially with what unreal 5 has showed off i think that the double a even single a space is going to be vastly more exciting to me going forward um with what they're capable of doing honestly that's mostly what i play now right i'm playing a kangaroo game that's definitely not triple a i'm playing rogue uh, legacy 2 which is definitely not a triple a game and having better experiences than I am with whenever God of War two comes out. Um, so 20, you know, 23. you just you just shift around. God, God help me if everyone just abandons the fall of twenty twenty two. All right, <laughs> like just God help me. But um, yeah, it's it, it's the kind of thing where you talk about seasoned gaming. I remember a time when there was a lot more variety at the top end, which is less, yes, the top end of those years is less than what we do now, uh, that the top end had all sorts of experiences that you could try, all sorts of weirdness, all sorts of things that you would play um, from Vandal Hearts to Carnage Hearts to Shadow Hearts, depending on what you felt like playing that specific day. And that appears to have disappeared like dust in the wind. Uh, and I miss it. Um, I, I miss that kind of experience. I miss that kind of experimentation. Uh, and I, live services are cool. I play live service games, uh, but I've never found one that quite got me up to the place in terms of engagement, emotionality, whatever you want to describe it as, uh, as a well-produced single player game. So uh, it's fine. We're going to, we're going to play the hand we're dealt. As I say, maybe, maybe you just haven't played final fantasy 14 then. Hogue. I played final fantasy 14. Uh, I played final okay. fantasy 14. I can't, I have never quite managed to get through the first, the 250 hour payment to get to apparently the good stuff. Uh, yeah, but I yeah, do yeah. enjoy, I do enjoy. That's, where the, that's where the live service good stories are, by the way. The best <laughs> stories after they get good at it. Good, yeah. After well, 80 hours, you get to the good stories. Yeah. Well, and I like Final Fantasy 14 a lot. And I like the music and I like the world. And I like, and I wind up going mining and it's great. Um, but I don't engage with it enough to justify a subscription fee, which means I just, there's a wall for me to even start it. So, I mean, like all these things pop in in different ways, uh, but 
yeah, I'd uh, I'd rather see a different report than what we just saw, but I understand why we saw it the way we did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I think uh, so, Eric, a couple of super chats here real quick. Uh, Eric kind of basically says what uh, Travis was just saying a few moments ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Increasing uh, gas investment does not uh mean uh basically doesn't equal decreasing single player i'm assuming that's what that's supposed to yes. say yes a lot of does. new gas titles coming from acquisitions and expanding teams not replacing them i don't know what the hell iirc is if, if i recall, I recall correctly. correctly it's too many damn acronyms out there <laughs> yeah i agree <laughs> there are stuff. <laughs> i'll why you dan i'll why you <laughs> yeah. yeah so he's just trying to make the point that I uh, which i think we all said is that uh <laughs> in theory Sony is just expanding their investment, not replacing. So, yeah. So, thank you, Eric. We will certainly see. And we've got a generous super chat here from a Detective Seeds. Detective Seeds. I love that. Uh, Just supporting other podcasts and streamers who talk video games. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Detective Seeds. I was on a lot to broadcast with Detective Seeds. He's talking about some of the same stuff I'm talking about, and he's very well-versed in talking Destiny, Travis. Oh, Uh, nice. So, uh, yeah. Thank you so much, Detective Seeds. It's good to see you here. Yes, thank you very much. Appreciate you swinging by. I appreciate the generosity. Thank you. <clears throat> All right. Well, guys, that's where PlayStation is headed. But in the short term, this Thursday uh, at 3 p.m. Pacific, we get the next PlayStation State of Play. Now, the interesting thing about this, if you didn't check out the details, is that they announced it. Everyone got really excited, like, oh, here we go. Here's God of War, and here's we're going to see what PlayStation's bringing. I'm Not right, quite. I'm super excited. I'm super excited. I'm pumped for this. (laughs) So the details of this are it is almost 30 minutes is what they said. So a little under 30 minutes. So it's a shorter show. I want it to be 25 and a half. One game. (laughs) It is only uh, third party focus Uh titles and Uh PSVR 2. So they made that distinction. I think I'm guessing many are guessing that because when Ragnarok is ready to do their big thing, they will do a 15, 20 minute, 30 minute state of play on Ragnarok alone, like they've done for their other major first party titles. So people who were expecting Ragnarok in the state of play don't, that's not what's coming. Uh, Shu has commented on this. Other people at PlayStation commented on this. This is third party um, agreements and PSVR two. And like all of these announced with that particular configuration, I wait with bated breath for Final Fantasy 16's tri- triumphant return. <laughs> so I'm thinking, I don't know about you guys. I, don't uh, shake for- your head at me, Travis. We were just talking about Optimism Man. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, um, yeah, maybe Final Fantasy 16. Uh, you know it's not that- true, but I, I appreciate yeah, you being no a part way. of the bit. It's uh, going to be whatever yeah. the equivalent of Boxing Kangaroo is. For, for three months from now. We know this to be true, but I still hold out hope. I'm the hoping. theme plays over a dark background. I lose my shit. Let's do it. <laughs> we'll probably get Forspoken where she's jumping in some empty world again, saying stupid stuff. Forspoken again. <laughs> and, and things like Stray, you know. Yeah, uh, so these, we'll get the cat game. These, these kind of single A, double A games is what I'm expecting. I am excited because I really am excited for PSVR 2. Like, yeah. They, they're, they're starting to mention it more. We're starting to hear about it more. Do we get some kind of real actual news on it is what I'm hoping for. Yeah. No, I would love to. The only problem is I can only get so excited about a display of VR games. I love VR. I, I sincerely do. It looks god-awful in any video presentation ever made. Yeah. It's it's hard to show them. That's for sure. Yeah. I uh, 
I'm looking forward to owning my fourth VR headset, and the PSVR 2 probably won't even be my best one. But you know what? I'll, I'll get it. Yeah, it won't be my best one. The wire makes me sad at an existential yeah. level. That little well, picture well, of a wire. The, my best VR headset right now, the Rolls Royce of VR, is the Valve Index, and that uh, that does have a cord as well. So it's not my Rolls Royce. Because of the cord? <laughs> because of the cord. The difference right. in freedom of movement without the cord is massive in VR. It's massive. It's true. Yeah, I, I, I long said that I was going to wait for the cord to be gone before I jumped into VR. But uh, Half-Life Alex, man, changed my life. It changed my mind a lot. You don't you don't really the, you don't mind the cord in that game. At least I think you might it. be overestimating my love of Half-Life as a series when you. <laughs> I, I, hey, actually, full disclosure, I am not a big Half-Life guy. Half Neither am I. OK, two, all right. Like, I'm kind of well, like, eh, OK, but, that makes me excited. Yeah, then, Travis. Yeah, I'm kind of like, eh, I think Half-Life is fine. <laughs> Yeah, um, me too. I'm in the same didn't, boat. Same boat. Didn't they say it's like a single, like twenty-five foot cord or something crazy like that? Yes, yeah, well, that's what that's what the Valve Index is. It's huge, and, well, and like, the big pitch, right, yeah. is that it's god awful to put the PlayStation VR together, and they killed it, it with is. their own PlayStation Five. I haven't been able to play the PlayStation VR since I got the PlayStation Five because it doesn't. I can't even remember. It doesn't take the audio correctly. You need, you need a you need a a special adapter. You have to have an adapter. Yep. Yeah, so I, and I don't think they make them anymore. I haven't played it since, and it's like you guys are idiots. So their big pitch is we're not as idiots as much anymore. Please give us five hundred dollars or whatever to, they wanted to. To charge. Dan's point, the funniest part about oh. that Dan was they came out. They said you need an adapter. We'll give it to you for free for a couple weeks. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> and then they were done. Uh, uh, Xbox, Xbox did the same thing when they sunset the Connect. They the were Kinect, like, we'll give yeah. you an adapter for free, but only for a couple of weeks or months. Yeah. Which, which uh, are they go for money nowadays? You can sell those. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, uh, so the thing about the long cords is they are absurdly long. Cause I'm able to stretch mine across my room. Cause I have this big opening in my, my place for a VR. Um, and the real psychopaths, if you, if you are committed to VR hook. and the meat hook, the meat hook up above in the ceiling that comes down that way you have free movement. You just, you mount it on I'm like not a, building a, hook a murder room wall, for you, ceiling. Sony. Yeah, I just hey, it works in a garage. It's really easy. You already got kind of the the roof for it and a bunch of stuff. Who's so, walking yeah. out to your garage to play a video game? That's this what a lot of people the, do. The VR room is the V is the garage, big open it's area. Why the quest is so amazing? You just throw the thing on and go like zzz zzz zip. But you still need the space for it. You still have to be. You could play quest any as long as you're not listening to their little bubble images. You can play the quest anywhere. Um, I found yeah. I found places between laundry where you just go zip 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 zip. <laughs> now you're playing quest. Now you're playing quest. I like I like yeah, your uh, your your, my, your sound effect there. Thank you. <laughs> that is actually a good sound effect if you've ever done the room drawing. I've done the, it many you know, times. Yeah, uh, but I I actually think like uh, the thing the problem with the quest is that it's extremely limited. The games that it plays aren't real like high end VR. Yeah, it's a cell it, phone it, graphics. It's a cell it's a cell phone thing, and I I just think. Uh, that if you've played if you've played high end VR, you're like, all right, well, the cord is certainly worth it for some experiences. You just you got to do the cord. So I don't think it is worth it. I think the quest is the future line, and we're going. You also right haven't played a dead end. The big, I have. No, you haven't I, played I, the biggest games. Yeah, I played HTC. I played. I played the Vive. I haven't played Alex. Yeah, I mean that's the one. That's the. But you can play that on the quest, can't you? No, you have to download a uh, a mod, and it's definitely not up to the. I would not play it that way. What I'm, I'm hearing is Travis it. says I should play Alex on the quest and then determine its worth from there. <laughs> I nope. think the no. I, I think the quest is kind of underpowered for Alex, right? 
Correct. Sure yeah. I, yeah. Half-Life Alex is an insane game. I had to build like a $5,000 gaming PC just to, just to play it. This is it, not so. the sales pitch you think yeah. it is. <laughs> oh no, I, I'm saying I'm saying this is terrible. This is this is why nobody played Half-Life Alex. So, this is why so, it wasn't game of the year when it deserved it. In the yeah, in the past five game. minutes, you've described building a five thousand dollar PC, buying a thousand dollar headset, going to your garage and installing Rigging a, hook a cable cord. hooks. I, I so know how it sounds, by, guys. I know so, how it sounds. So, so this is the right, problem with you're in Gone Girl. You have to explain the meat hook garage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> No, I, I 100% realize like VR, the biggest problem right now is the barrier of entry. If they could make a valve index that was wireless, it would it would change gaming. But I, I think that we're, we're a ways away from that. That's just my, my feeling. I, all I said was the wire makes me sad and it does. The wire makes everyone sad, but like, if you played Half Life Alex, you'd be like, "All right, I get it." Like, <laughs> I honestly, <laughs> I love that just... game. <laughs> but honestly, that game—it's—it's it's like you—you you sort of need—you need the canary in the coal mine to show what's possible. And to me, Half Life Alex was that game where I was like, "Okay, I now think VR is not just a joke." And with tech demos, it's a real platform that can do great stories and, and experiences you can't have everywhere else. It was just. It, you you kind of have to have that game that's ten years ahead, and then I think every game that follows it could catch up to that. But so we're in a can um, it play just, Alex scenario? Yeah. Correct. Can it okay. play Alex, or or can can the the industry rise to make those sorts of games? Oh, VR is the launches? future. I've had enough okay. fun in VR to know that it's the future. Whenever the we'll tech see because there. we'll see no, because the the problem is the quest is so popular it's sort of dragging developers backwards because people want to make games like Alex. Well, but you they're see, making when you actually them, find. When yeah. you find the right pipeline for what the market actually is, it becomes very popular. And the market yeah. is a portable, cordless VR machine. Exactly. That's what the market exactly. actually is. Yeah, of course. Of course. But the, the problem is you can't make the games that developers want to make on that platform. So a lot of them are fleeing VR, which is a problem. So um, Alex may end up being... Yeah, yeah. Alex may end up being the only, the only good VR game for like 10 years. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, then, Alex like, is not the only good VR game. I've played plenty of good VR games. I, I mean, like that. at that level, though. It's a masterpiece. I don't know level what level game. you're talking about. This is like talking. Know, we're I missing just, each other. I know it's so <laughs> painful, but I just I've played I've played a lot of VR, and, and anyway, I I, I like that, that you always have to bring up Half Life Alex somehow. I think it's come up in the past like nine Bitcast. I know I like it. I, 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 I mean, one of these days, I'm gonna get you it guys is. to come to my house in San Francisco and okay. play this game. I swear well, it would be God. cheaper for me to fly to San Francisco and play it than it was for you to. It would. It would absolutely. Yes. And I also like the canary in the coal mine analogy of Half-Life yeah. Alex being yeah. this game, alerting us yeah. all that we need to get out before we die, apparently. Well, yeah, the you, coal, you mine, have the coal to, mine in this case to... is gold. Uh, it's more of a gold mine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, anyway. I love it. No, look, uh, Travis, I hear you. I would love to be able to converse with you more substantively on the topic of Half-Life Alex. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I think PlayStation VR two is very cool that they're talking about it more, which means it's real. Like you can tell when you're watching communications and PR and it's like, now we're have this direct coming and I'm sorry, I know it's state of play, but I call them all direct, um, <laughs> that we have this direct coming. It's going to have PSVR two games in it. Like there's a decent shot. There's a release date or at least a release season yeah. coming. And as part of that, because you show off all these games, it wouldn't surprise me if it says, I mean, I don't know how close it is. Do we think there's a chance of it saying holiday 22? I don't think so personally. I, okay. I would hope so, but I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I think, I think, I it think it's a 23 this year. You I do? Yeah, I do. Yeah. That'd be nice. I mean, I, I'd be in for it. I, 
it, it's very promising, right? Because I, you guys already said we've talked about PS VR, the original, plenty of times. And I bought it. Dan and I bought it when they had that cheap two hundred dollar bundle, yep. like many people did when their sales went through the roof. And uh, it's just a pain in the butt. I, I literally played it less because I didn't want to set it up. It is so, very hard. It's very yeah. hard. But that's what I'm talking about with the quest, right? Like I have a quest case. You go zoom and you're and you're playing vr like it's it's two minutes <laughs> yeah um, i know uh so i'm i'm yeah. excited for the prospect that's, because that's why i bought the quest yeah. Well, and the, the other thing with PSVR 1, right, is if we're being honest, it, it's like my first VR, right? It's like yeah. Fisher-Price VR, where Very bad. The, the technology that they've demonstrated right. for PSVR 2 is, my hand much, doing this. is much more yeah. advanced. So I, I'm really just at the prospect of uh, much better <laughs> technology, easier setup, and first-party investment. You, you've got me sold, you know? Yeah, no, I, I'm excited about I'm excited about anybody investing in VR because I do believe in it so much. I have had such good experiences with it. Um, it had one of my favorite narrative experiences in the Invisible Hours, um, and so like I'm excited about what they're going to do with it. I wish the cord wasn't there. I would be happy to be able to play Sony games on my on my VR again. Um, so yeah. Sorry, responding to a chat here. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what we get with State of Play this week. As I said, that's Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific. So whatever that is for you. Um, we'll obviously discuss on next week's show. Um, <clears throat> so, guys, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Uh, we talked last week that the, the rumblings, the rumors, etc. This week we got the official announcement. Look at that um, Look at his face. We, <laughs> we got the teaser for it. Uh, just some quick details, and then I'll let you guys kind of talk more about it because you're obviously going to be more excited and know more about it than I do. It takes place five years after the first game, uh, follows Cal again, um, and um, it is at a time when supposedly the Jedi's, he's on the run and the Jedi's are near extinct, according to the press release. Yes, like yeah, very yeah. different scenario. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it's releasing all they said was 2023, but if you followed the EA fiscal reporting, it would seem to allude that it's going to be very early in 2023. And they did confirm it is new gen only, so PC, PS5, Voice. and Xbox Series X Thank and S only. Uh, and, they, and that it's been designed that way from the start, not okay. that they just canceled the old ones. Yeah, if you're aiming at 23, then they should have been. It should have it should have been designed that way. Yeah. So uh, teaser looks cool, and I pass the floor to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. Go ahead. Now you go, Travis. Okay. I was just gonna say I I, I think we all agreed that the first one was pretty good, but it, very good. But it was also you know the first in an entry, and we had things that we wanted to change. So I'm hopeful that it'll yep. change that. The the premise is a little odd to me. Ho kind of pointed out the exact same thing. Uh, I was gonna comment on that as well because the ending of the first game was had a sort of hopeful tone of like maybe we're not all screwed as Jedi. Maybe there's a way to kind of rebuild. And it's like five years later. It's even worse. It's like, all right, well, I, like you know, I, like wasn't what, what did I do last time? It, it actually, it, it's interesting that it is a Souls-like game because it very much reminds me of Dark Souls's problem, which is you you save the world at the end of every Dark Souls game, and then the next Dark Souls game is even more depressing. Um, so I just I think that they're sort of taking yet another page from that book. Um, you know, I'm interested to see the story stuff. That's going to be the big thing for me. Uh, the gameplay, I'm not super worried about. I, I trust Respawn a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, Star Wars, that's great. Star Wars Celebration, 
for those of you who don't know, is going on right now. So that's why we're getting all Star the Star Wars, Wars stuff right now. Yeah, yeah, um, we're getting a bunch of announcements and and uh, interviews with people in the Star Wars. Uh, those are actually happening stuff. at panels when they pop out onto the internet. That's what's occurring during a celebration. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's been a it's been a very strong Star Wars celebration for fans out there because there's a lot of cool announcements, and uh, this is one of them. So I'm excited. No, I am. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Survivor is a good announcement. Um, so yeah, you know, teasers. We talk about teasers here, right? What good are they? Tone a little bit. The good news is, that in a series, we don't need to guess at what this is likely to be like uh, as a game. So my my strongest hope is more polish, a little less like banging against geometry uh, kind of things. Just 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 overall increase <laughs> in their capabilities. And they did a great job out the gate. Uh, it only got to like a seven for me just because of, you know, the map was awful. There was a lot of like legends missed for precision and things like yeah. this. The, the I don't know what you even call it. The the blocking and the, the way you hit things, the boxes weren't quite perfect. So it didn't feel as smooth as it could in like a From Software game. Um, but I think Star Wars as a brand right now is having trouble advancing balls in terms of their plot lines. And I do worry that it's like, you like that first one. Here it is again. Uh, so, I mean, I thought that the real weird part is that when Jedi Fallen Order is announced, I'm like, it's a weird time to put someone trying to revive the Jedi Order because, I mean, that's not going to work out. <laughs> so, I mean, Survivor now is interesting because you're not you're not referencing the Jedi Order specifically. But Travis is right. The last scene, it's isn't even a spoiler. A game didn't end as a dour nihilistic mess uh, is is hopeful about we're going to be fine. And then, like th th that particular teaser and the concept of Survivor is like, we were wrong, so wrong. <laughs> uh, and it's like, okay, all right. Uh, but I'm sure it'll be good. It is one of the highlights that I'm looking forward to next year. Uh, might maybe the only EA game in like a three year window. Um, maybe the Dead Space remake. I don't know. Uh, but yes, Travis and I can agree. I think that the Star Wars, I guess it's Jedi series now, uh, yes. is. Um, is is the strongest of the Disney's uh, Disney video game era? I think definitely, yeah. And I think we can also agree that Star Wars does sometimes have a problem advancing their plot. They sort of, you know, they, do. they like to tread water a little bit. And I think that's uh, that is partially due to the fact that the the fan base, uh, anytime any activities take place, uh, immediately gets upset about it. They're like, what, you changed a thing? So I, and I I'd know. like you to point it, out that, that, that Travis is currently assembling a tee on, on the debate. He's putting a ball on that tee and he's asking me to swing. And I say, no. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to swing. But yeah, it, yeah, I, I was doing it. But yeah, the, 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 anytime they take chances, the, the community lashes at them. So now I think he they doubles have this fear. Up. He's put a second ball on. I, I, I just think you they, have, they, have, they have a fear. They have a fear of doing these things. But anyway, I, I, I agree with that, with, with both of your um, both of your premises. So so I, I a fair point, Travis. <laughs> well, so said. I, I will say this about the game. So I, I really liked um, the first one, um, Fallen Order. I, 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 I like the Souls-like approach because I love the Souls game. So that doesn't bother me at all. The gameplay was fine. It, to your point, Travis, or uh, Rick, it could have been a little more polished for sure. Tighter, yeah. I for had sure. two, two, two things. Well, I think everyone in the world, universe. I think if there's one thing the gaming community 100% can agree on. The map? Is that that map was the worst <laughs> map in any video game in in history? Like, I mean, it was bad. whoever it was, designed that map. Just to be please. clear, it was stylistic because that's what maps look like in Star Wars. It just it did not to translate to a game. 
It was yep. trying to be accurate to lore. I so. refuse to believe the Star Wars denizens of that universe actually use a map exactly like that. <laughs> but but when you ever you see them looking at one, it's like that, and you're like, dude, I would be so frustrated. Yeah. I'd be like, Is, <laughs> has no one invented better tech for this? Like, really? <laughs> Everything's like blue holograms. But it was there actually is some great lore about why uh the videos look like that. But anyway, I won't anyway. Wow. All right, I'm going to continue. I know. I'm um, a loser. Was Dan, 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 just, Dan just bullied me. That was that noise was a bullying. Yeah. I, I'm going to continue with my thought here. Um, so the, the yeah, the map was horrendous. Uh, the yes. other thing, and I've said this before, the, the level design, the way you navigated through the levels was not great. It just wasn't. Um, it felt like uh, they were approaching what you would do in a Souls game where you can unlock shortcuts once you get past certain barometers, right? You overcome a, a an uh, extra difficult enemy and then you can go through here to unlock an elevator, you know, that type of thing. It was just very poorly designed. And when you combine that with a bad map, that game drove me bonkers sometimes. Despite yeah, the... it, like just transversing like the big, like the biggest map there. Uh, Zepho is like... Uh, you get caught in a corner and it doesn't have any easy ways back. I, it's, it, it seemed to me like their first attempt at one of these things. And for that, it's excellent, True. but it's not market standard. So yeah. I hope that they get there on the second one. I think they will. I, mean, I, think, I think they will. One, I think they will. This too. one will be a good this, leap. I think th this yeah. could be, I mean, respawn has really good luck with, uh, making a first one that's a good proof of concept and the second one being amazing titanfall titanfall two one to two i mean if you look at titanfall what they did one that's their... better what's did you that just say titanfall one is better multiplayer is better than two's yes oh i titanfall I, I, one I didn't have a, have a campaign of... so i mean titanfall two campaign yeah. is brilliant but... but the titanfall two uh, yeah I, much I'd better say... than the first one <laughs> yeah as a game as a game i would say titanfall two is where they nailed it I, I think they had a separate multiplayer team for that game though so it, that came i won't get on my titanfall 2 multiplayer rant yes it came over Fair from a, it, was, it was a call of duty lead designer that took over for two which kind of ruined the experience of one but everyone i think again almost universally agrees that titanfall 2's campaign was brilliant which campaign. is your point travis that respawn feels like the company to know what they did right with the first one and build on that and to correct what they did wrong and you have to respect the poetry in a company called respawn getting it right the second time <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> beautiful hug. Beautiful. That's a, that's a good reference. So, Dan, I want to get, I want to ask you because I can't remember where you landed because I know you're a big Star Wars fan, but you also yeah. kind of don't like the Souls games and and don't like those kind of design aspects. Where where were you on the first one? I loved it. I played it. I owned it on two consoles. I, here's the thing, you know, it's it's amazing what you could do when you put like a difficulty slider, you know, on a game like that. You can actually you know, I, I think I played it on normal, but, you know, there were times where I had to just like, yeah, I'm going to slide it over here real quick and then come back, you know, it, it's it, easy. It, you know, I don't know, whatever the second below normal was, I think there were like five difficulty choices. Regardless, uh, I think somebody mentioned ponchos, get rid of those. Totally. Uh, that was a stupid look for Cal Kestis. I don't like his name, but <laughs> I, I did love the game. I, I, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Uh, These people. I, I, I mean, it's, do I'm ex I'm super excited. For no, this. it's this is, I hate his name, Travis. You keep saying it's a Star Wars name. No, it's somebody that like briefly yeah. understood, like read some Star Wars names and gave it the old college try. Yeah. It, it's not a good name. Yeah, they tried, but I, I, I'm I'm excited for it. Um, I thought it was a pretty good story. I, I did enjoy the gameplay. Uh, a lot of things, you know, you can hopefully fix going into this next one. But you know, 
respawns they know what they're doing you know i, I have no doubt that this will be better uh all around so yeah bring it on man i'm ready to go yeah it's good i, I see a lot of excitement online about it i think Fallen Order is one of those games that I think landed really well for a lot of people because it, it kind of brought, you know, you, you bring the Souls community in with the Star Wars community and you that's a big fan base. And Fallen yeah. Order seemed to kind of walk that line pretty well. So if they build upon that and do what we're saying and make it even oh. better, then man. One, one more thing. Please either leave Wookiees completely out of the game and or redesign them completely because I've never seen a Wookiee in a game that looks good. They looked so dumb. I mean, I don't even know what they looked like. I mean, it was like like wet, hairy, you know, giant. They look good in Battlefront. Their Wookiees were Battlefront bad. Did it. Oh, their Wookiees were terrible. The, 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 the Fallen Order Wookiees are bad. They were. Yeah. Now, this you just play play the Survivor just takes place only on Kashyyyk, but you're actually just yeah, trying to find the Wookiees. That's the, that's the whole game. Yep. <laughs> yep. Cal is actually <laughs> half Wookiee, if you didn't know that. Um, they but, almost <laughs> made a uh, Star Wars game where you played a Wookiee. And uh, this was uh, in the George person. Lucas days. And George Lucas was like, are you guys insane? <laughs> he's like, he like, no. Like, it's like, I told you to focus on the story and you gave me a character that only speaks in growls. Like, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, so what could have been? Oh, man. Oh, man. All right, boys. So I think that's going to wrap us up primarily for this week. Uh, like I said, a lot of PlayStation stuff this week. Um, but otherwise, game news. Uh, was relatively light but next week we'll be talking about uh playstation state of play and so we'll cover that and anything else that happens we did forget to mention guys last week that we previously announced and i'll mention this again next week because i'm sure yeah Yeah. because uh i just realized we hadn't said this yet we previously (laughs) announced we're going to react live to the xbox and bethesda showcase and that was the plan unfortunately we have some family and travel things that have come up for the crew, and we literally cannot do it. We tried to figure out any which way to still be able to do it. It doesn't work. So our plan on two weeks from now, when June 12th hits for the Xbox and Bethesda Showcase, we're probably going to move our BitCast that week to Monday morning, which will be weird for us, but we're talking about doing it, so that we can uh, react in close proximity to the showcase and give you our thoughts and everything else with it. Still do a morning show so that all of our European and non-US residents can join us and hang out with us as we like. Um, But we just can't make it work on that Sunday. So we apologize in advance. I'll mention it again next week so that uh, we put that out there. But uh, we did forget to to mention that last week. So, uh, But with that, we'll talk more about that and our plans for uh, the uh, Summer Game Fest and Xbox and Bethesda. We'll talk more about that next week. For now, we'll go ahead and close out. A couple things to mention uh, outside of that is uh, someone gave us a super chat earlier. I believe it was Geo. Yes, there is a new for the record out there that Carl and I did. It's just for patrons right now. It'll be live for everyone, I think, end of next week or end of this week as you're listening to this on 3D audio and the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S design around their audio processing which if you find that interesting, you'll you'll enjoy that conversation. My open conversation with uh, Editor-in-Chief of Game Informer, Andrew Reiner, is now live for everyone as well. That was a previous patron exclusive that is now live on our channel. You can check that out. Really good stories from Andrew around how he got into Game Informer, his history there, the time that he played against Shigeru Miyamoto and beat him at his own game. Um, some really cool kind of gaming history stories uh, in that conversation. And lastly, uh, I have a big feature coming probably tomorrow or Monday, as you've listened to this for patrons as well, uh, relating to the big three and their financials and kind of everything to do, some of which we talked about on PlayStation today, 
um, but the big three. So check that out if you'd like as well. All right. With that, I'm going to hand it over to Rick. I'll start with you this week. Where can people find you? What are you up to outside of streaming 18 hours a day? Hey, thankfully, we had closing arguments in depth. You heard on Friday. So it's just jury deliberation nice. week. We'll see how long it takes. They'll be reconvening on Tuesday. So I'll be on a stream starting that day and hanging out with some of my legal friends on YouTube over at Legal Bites Media, which you can check out over there. Otherwise, I desperately owe people some virtual legality episodes and some of my commenters are cranky. Uh, so I'm still doing virtual legality episodes. I'm going to do those. I might actually do a run through of these financial documents we talked about today because I have some other thoughts um, and put those in virtual legality. We've also started off a series of live streams, which it looks like are going to be permanent on the channel. We're doing something called Hangouts and Headlines where we chat with the audience. Some of my friends sometimes show up and I go over one or more headlines that morning, kind of a drive time thing. So if you're interested in hearing from me on that uh, and reading media and talking about how they contour things, how Travis gets into your mind and changes how you feel about the world, uh, come on over there and have that conversation. We're actually trying to reschedule. We've got some authors of some major pieces that want to come and talk to me about what I had to say about their articles. So that's <laughs> going to be fun. Um, so we're going to try to set up those interviews. It's a lot of fun. The channel has grown past 100,000 subscribers. It keeps growing. Uh, so yeah, come visit me over there at Hoglaw Virtual Legality. Also, you can look up headlines, hangouts and headlines or follow me on Twitter. Sounds good. Thank you, Travis. Before I get over to you real quick, I have to apologize. Once again, I have missed a super chat and I've got to come up with a better system because I hate when I do that. I feel really bad about it, especially as generous as some of you guys are. So I'm sorry, Gio. He, uh, he caught me here. We missed this super chat. just a bit. Sure. Yeah, man. Any thoughts about, uh, the last of us remake this year? As you mentioned, the Jedi teaser and the lately often delay of games, my thoughts went to the question if teasers are coming too soon to hype games. Always. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Last of Us remake from everything I'm hearing is coming this year. Um, when we will. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know exactly when, but I, I have it on good kind of word, at least that I know that it will release later this year. We'll see, of course. Uh, when we're going to hear that officially from PlayStation, I don't know, because as we said, the state of play is supposedly not first party stuff. So, yeah, I think I still think they're going to have a, a late June or July their their stuff video. Yeah. Or, or they do some summer game fest reveals. You know, they mix it in with these other. Sony shows. is so ornery about other people's uh, like directs and platforms. I think I think sure. they just wait to do it there themselves now. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we'll see. But I I. If I was a betting man, I would say that it's coming this year. Yes. Um, okay. Well, you don't think they'd line it up with the HBO release? I, I'm only going on what I've heard. No, no. I know. I know you've got the phone line direct to Jim Ryan just off camera. <laughs> um, I, I was just, yeah. Okay. Well, one of the things that's interesting to me is like, does Ragnarok slide? Is Last of Us not there? Is that why we're starting to get prepped with VR2 stuff? Because maybe that makes it out this year and it's the Christmas of VR. Get excited, everybody. Yeah. yeah? No? We'll see. Okay. But you're right. It would also make sense to release the remake with the uh, the HBO series. That's who, honestly yeah, where I pegged yeah, it. Yeah. Who if knows? Uh, Ragnarok gets delayed, it'll be on June 11th. Or when, when is their presentation? It'll be the day before the presentation. That's the take out the trash day. Uh, their their, their uh, the, state of play. When is it? Their state of play is is June not 2nd. in the E3 window. It's like next week, early. Sorry, is, next week. Yeah, so it would be a Wednesday. Will be the one if they delay Ragnarok, right? Yeah. It'll be right before that presentation. <laughs> well, okay, yeah. Well, take out the trash day. You got to take out the trash and then announce your good news. So, 
but this, yeah. at least as described, this particular state of play is not the good news. Uh, so maybe I don't know. I guess if Final Fantasy 16, that would increase my hopefulness for Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 16 like threefold. Yes. Because it's like there's yeah, something yeah, yeah. in that video. If today is dump day, I'm yeah. I'm banking on you, Sony. Ragnarok comes this year, and we get a state of play dedicated to it. I'm banking. I mean, it on comes you. out on Starfield Day. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the best poll, right? You <laughs> slap it right on Starfield Day, and you say something in your teaser, which is like, "We keep our promises." <laughs> in november right. sony delivers you know, something like that and geo yes i think all of us agree that some of these teasers we get way too early yes uh, all, all of them pretty much yeah. Yeah. yeah just i mean there's so many games like you don't need to tease us with your game two years in advance you just don't i don't even know what exists that yeah. said you do need to give me a code at least a couple weeks so but other than that you don't need to announce incredible so early. travis can get his two button ready yeah. For whatever he plans to give you. <laughs> Gio, thank you very much for the generous super chat. Uh, apologize for missing that second one. Uh, <clears throat> all right, Travis, where can people find you? Yeah, uh, people find me on uh, all my content on IGN.com. I got uh, a preview of uh, Roller Champions uh, this week. I've got a preview next week that's going out live on May 31st that I can't talk about. Another one in June. Um, I've got a review I'm working on for Mario Strikers, uh, Ooh, which I also I'm curious about your thoughts. Yeah, I can't talk about it yet, but uh, my, that review's coming uh, probably Wait, at the yeah. end of next. I'm going to complain to IGN, by the way. I know, right? Yeah, they they keep giving me better games. I reviewed an eight last uh, week, so yeah, I don't know what's happening. Um, so yeah, uh, that one I'll I'll probably have a live um, like on Friday, maybe if I can if I can get through it that quick. Um, and uh, yeah, other than that, you can see me talk about Destiny on Thursdays and uh, follow me on Twitter at Ty Guy Travis if you care at all about that. Other than it's that, funny, it's I was uh, going to offer to play it with you like we did. With people that. I was like, no, I don't have anything. I don't have any magic access. So I'm looking yeah. forward to you telling me about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, let me let me know if uh, if you if you want to play play with any games with me, Hogue and Ains. I love I love playing with you guys. We finally gamed together, actually. Uh, Ains and I played Halo a little bit ago, but yeah, it was it was nice to play with Hoga. Uh, he's very fun, and um, yeah, I'm I'm happy to have have broadcasted from this uh, this grimy hotel room, undisclosed location, <laughs> undisclosed location, grimy hotel room, and it survived hope. the whole stream. So good for you. Yeah, and I hope I hope the internet wasn't too bad, but yeah, it wasn't. Anyway, thanks, guys. You're fine. All right, Dan, what are you adding? Uh, I'll see you next week. There you go. Thank you, Dan. Uh, With that, thank you as always for tuning in. I love it. Your weekly gaming show covering all things Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, and PC with industry, technical, and legal insight. Until next week.